Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. <laughs> hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? I believe in the sand beneath my toes. The beach gives a feeling and a feeling. I believe in the faith that grows. I know you're running for president. Thank you. Stra- you are distressed that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet... Your concern is that the Ukrainians, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Oh my God, bro! Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. That was four days ago, five days ago. We're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. I doubt it. You are fake news. You're a very, very silly person. Very fake news. You talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded. All right, America... Go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone that people often do i'm told this is the matt and blonde show my name is matt christensen i'm flanked on my right as always by my wonderful co-host blonde welcome mike pence i think has uh, officially set the gaff benchmark heading into the 2024 campaign season though in fairness asa hutchinson right there behind him you could argue worse actually it was so Um, embarrassing at, at least mike pence was mercifully brief Asa Hutchinson was more lengthy. Lasted forever. Um, I would give Tucker credit for ending these campaigns, but did they ever really even start? Are these campaigns that even had a shot in the first place? Probably not. Probably doomed regardless. Um, But if you if you hope to vote for endless money to Ukraine and child gender transitions, unfortunately, your candidates suffered over the weekend as Tucker asks basic questions and and these candidates give horrendously bad answers and i know that these are very important things of consequence we're talking about our country getting fleeced we're talking about a massive campaign to abuse children uh i I don't say this to minimize the importance of that but i still love the spectacle of politics sometimes are you not entertained by what you saw on that stage uh it was highly entertaining but also like really depressing I don't know why it still shocks me the low quality of candidates. <laughs> it, it shouldn't surprise me at this point. Like President Biden, 
but I'm I'm like, what did what dumb thing did you just say, Mike Pence? The uh, we we will of course uh, get into everything from the family leadership summit, as it was called. But I think what I appreciate most too is Tucker was was asking challenging questions, but these were not, not insanely really, hostile yeah. questions. They were pretty basic. He was just talking and, like your average American. He wasn't pushing them that hard, and they were just. Can't believe you. They both get all pissed off. Well, thank you for noticing that I'm running for president. Sorry, dude. Yeah, what a little bitch. You're hardly yeah. noticeable. I don't know yeah. what to tell you, man. Uh, anyway, Herman Kane. wait, not Herman Kane. Who's the you, guy with Hillary? I can never remember. Oh, Tim Kane. That's Tim a deep Kane. cut. The guy who was nearly the vice president of the United States is a deep cut in American politics. Yes. If Mike Herman Pence has Kane, that same. No, I remember Herman Kane. The, the 999 nine, guy is nine, more nine memorable guy, yeah. than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mike Pence has that that distinctly forgettable quality, just like Tim Kane. There's, there's just nothing there. Yeah, maybe. Brothers in it's forgettability. Just, exactly. Anyway, we'll get uh, we'll we'll analyze what was said at that event. Uh, the investigation into cocaine discovered at the White House. It's over. They could not identify who's responsible, though. There is at mm. least one report saying, uh, no, they they found some fingerprints on that little baggie. They just would prefer not to look into it anymore or talk about it anymore. You decide who to believe uh, later in the show. Author and content manager over at Bongino Report, Matt Palumbo, stops by. He's got a new book coming out Tuesday called Fact Checking the Fact Checkers, chronicling how the fact checking industry has evolved into a censorship weapon. So it's always good to catch up with him when he has a new book. And before we get out of here, uh, a very complex and odd case of air quotes, hoax, hate. I can't definitively call this a hoax because this guy definitely got his ass kicked. This yeah. is just a question of how it was kicked and for what reason. And um, and I think there's a lot, well, a lot of factors going on in this one. And it appears that the victim and the media are obscuring the suspects somewhat. That's a factor in this one, too. So we will assess. And uh, tonight's movie review is The Big Lebowski. So stick around for that as well at the end of the show. We'll catch up in your, uh, with your super chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Listener support is hugely appreciated, and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale over on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company. Made in the USA. Chemical and fragrance free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only can you subscribe and get soap straight to your door each month, but now you can get signature soaps designed by both of us. And I even did the work of putting your stupid soap in the promo. Stupid soap. <laughs> well, there's friendly competition here. I don't know. Anyway, 
Yes, Blonde Signature Soap Oat Plus Almond, now available. The promo that I found, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm told it is the gentle exfoliation of oatmeal with a premium almond fragrance. That's correct. In fact, hints of cherry, I heard. I was unaware of that, but well, I can smell it. All right. My pregnancy yeah. nose. Well, that is... Those are the uh, the keenest noses known to man, even more keen than the police dogs and stuff. Uh, or, of course, you can try my two offerings. Uh, I can't even, my offerings that I can't even write correctly in this stupid script that I wrote. It's Timberline and I wrote Timeline. Timberline. <laughs> that's a frosty pine experience where the forest meets the peaks. It's a woodsy scent with extra menthol. For a high-altitude cooling effect, Old West is the scent of sweet leather and oak barrels ready to bust open the saloon doors. Or, of course, you can try any of Hero Soap's other excellent offerings available in bar or liquid form. And use promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off all Hero Soap products. That's 10% off our signature soaps, Oat Plus Almond, Timberline, and Old West or any other products from Hero Soap using promo code MCLISTENER. You can find everything you need from Hero Soap, plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristiansonmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners. For listeners, got a couple meetups as well. Speaking of listeners... Uh, Nashville, it had been advertised for some time, this upcoming Nashville meeting, and it finally happened. So glad to see some, uh, finely bearded gentlemen had a meeting down in Tennessee. That's great to see. And, uh, internationally over in Brisbane, Australia. Now I received this image from the Brisbane meetup from uh, a listener named Biggest Dickus. <laughs> And Biggest Dick is who sent me the photo says main man as in um, M-A-N-E, main man, like a lion's main man. He's a huge F word for canceling last minute. You you decide what the F word is, but you can probably guess. So (laughs) main man, you're a huge F word. I'm not a party to this dispute. I'm just the messenger. I appreciate both Biggest Dick is and huge F word main man. So do I. For the record. Well, uh, hopping into the news, he did it again. Um, This one, uh, this had its own style to it, I think. This was uh, maybe a step beyond the usual Biden little girl sniffing. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that, like, if a young mom did it, I'd be like, that's fine. You know, it's okay. If she did it to your kid? I don't know. I might be bothered by that, but. If one of my friends did this to my kid, I would think nothing of it. Friend, maybe. Random story. Aside here, have you ever, uh, well, you have to have encountered a situation where someone gets a little too touchy with your kid in public. For example, sometimes we go grocery shopping and the lady who bags groceries is perfectly friendly. She seems nice, but she also wants to touch our kid. And I don't like that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm generally so- fine with that. If it's not a man, you know, we we used to live in societies where older women, matriarchal women uh, could be trusted around children. I think it's good for for trust building in society. I'm not like really weird about especially older women or young moms like like touching my kid in an affectionate way. I think that should be 
generally viewed as a normal thing. So. Okay. How about Joe Biden? I've already done. Yeah, absolutely not. Under no <laughs> circumstances. This, okay. I mean, this didn't seem like pedo-y to me, but it's like, what are you doing? Like he, he knows that this is a, that this is a problem for his image and he just keeps fucking doing it. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Uh, he's too old for his dick to work and he can't, this can't possibly be a pedo thing this right? is what helsinki so what is this this must be a finnish custom that we're that we're unaware yeah of. he just he's like greeting this little girl she starts to cry and then he, he he kind of like like jumps in her face a little bit and then looks like he's trying to nibble her the nibbling and the chomping is the weirdest part you know mm. His trip overseas, just leaving Finland a short time ago on his way back from the United States. More analysis on his performance on the world stage. And- uh, as I saw posted all over Twitter, you know, he's really gone when he can't tell the difference between an ice cream cone and a little girl anymore. He's confusing the two. Oh, oh in fairness, though, I mean, those are two things he loves the very most in the entire world. So I think maybe he never could tell the difference. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of uh, Joe Biden and company, last week we discussed uh, a federal court uh, in Louisiana. Hand, uh, they were handling this court uh, is handling the social media censorship case against the Biden administration, and that judge had put a hold on several agencies and personnel um, from meeting with social media companies for the purpose of censoring. And so the State Department, as we discussed, had to cancel their regular Wednesday Facebook meetings, whatever those are for. Well, apparently they only missed one Wednesday of the regular Facebook meeting because the order is over, at least for now. Um, Remember, Biden appealed that order because it's very important that White House personnel meet with social media companies to tell them exactly what to remove under the guise that this is just some private actor and the government actually has nothing to do with it. Well, through that appeal on Friday, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals blocked the order that stopped the Biden social media meetings. So the regular Wednesday Facebook meetings and presumably many other types of government social media meetings are back on while this case is adjudicated further. Now, technically, this decision from the appeals court is temporary. The appeals court will hear the full appeal as soon as possible, they say. Now, I have read additionally rumors are circulating Biden is currently considering Thursday meetings with private hitmen to assassinate his political opponents. And that's not a 14th Amendment violation because these are simply private murderers acting on their own behalf. Biden just, you know, shares some thoughts with them in the meantime. Look forward to that. I don't know. We'll see how this develops. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of court decisions. They're just saying it now, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> this clip, it's, you know, I'm glad it was Sheila Jackson Lee. It could have been Maxine Waters. Really, it could have been uh, Jumanji Brown Jackson on the Supreme Court. Oh, that would have um, been excellent. Come Sheila on. Jackson Lee is rock bottom dumb. I, I mean, this yeah. lady, just Google montages of Sheila Jackson Lee quotes, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So she's a a congresswoman from Texas. And of course, speaking of court decisions, the Supreme Court, to close its term, as we discussed, struck down affirmative action in college admissions. And of course, the practice of affirmative action that's been in practice for decades. But I remember a time not long ago when it was pretty taboo for someone to say, hey, yeah, I'm a I'm a beneficiary of affirmative action. In fact, that would be insulting to say to someone. You like, lie. what are you, you what are lie you the, about that? 
Are you the affirmative action hire around here? If you were to say that to someone in the workplace or at school, that would be incredibly <laughs> offensive. Well, the times have changed. Now, affirmative action is something to brag about, something to advertise. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas did exactly that, not just conversationally, but on the House floor in the record this week, openly stating, yes, I am an affirmative action recipient, and I'm damn proud of it. Today, to join my colleagues in the Congressional Black Caucus, and we'll continue to work with them and proceed to analyze uh, the very wrong-headed decision that was made by the United States Supreme Court on the question of affirmative action. But I rise today as a clear recipient of affirmative action, and particularly in higher education. I may have been admitted on affirmative action, both in terms of being a woman and a woman of color, but I can declare that I did not graduate on affirmative action. This is no, my personal not. story. Cora, it's, <laughs> she graduated on merit, 100%. You, yeah, you can, why would they not institute it in degrading policies and other <laughs> measures of academic success if they're doing it upon the initiation of the school? It's so stupid. Obviously, they're doing that. I love that she said, particularly in higher education. Just so you guys know, I'm very dumb. But yeah. I have black skin and I am a woman. <laughs> even though I don't really believe that women are a thing biologically necessarily. I don't know. I shouldn't confuse her with Jumanji. Perhaps she can define woman. I don't know. Uh, points for honesty, I guess, even if it is accidental. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's, that is a uh, hall of fame type stuff from Sheila Jackson Lee, who is, is famous for exactly this type of uh, insanely stupid commentary. Speaking of, uh, affirmative action beneficiaries uh the vice president who currently holds the office of the vice presidency on account of her sex and her skin color uh a gaffe machine herself she had quite a gaffe on friday even for her she was giving a speech What's a gaffe i'm pretty sure she like meant to maybe this is also truthful just like sheila jackson lee maybe it's pure honesty um, speech at uh, this is a speech at Coppin State University in Baltimore describing Democrats uh, plan to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by half before 2030 and reach net zero emissions by 2050. And during the speech, Kamala Harris said that reducing population is a, uh, a great way to secure the future for our kids. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. So we got to uh, we got to kill the kids to save the kids. In fairness, that is the same logic in the abortion context. So it it does yeah, so. make it does make some sense. Uh, she meant to say pollution. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to believe, uh, Congressman. Uh-huh. Thomas Massey responded on Twitter. uh, Are you the population that she wants to reduce? Thankfully though, Newsweek's fact checkers have uh, corrected the record. There is no indication that Harris was actually outlining a plan to reduce the world's population during her speech in order to combat the effects of climate change. Well, how Uh, do you explain her 12 abortions? Is that, uh, is that a real number? Is there a, no, no, of course not. You think she's talking about her 12 abortions? We never talked about it on the show. See, no, that's the thing that is, I app. could. I assume she's had one plus abortions. 
I, I see. I could believe the dozen. I could believe Kamala's dirty dozen. One hundred percent. I mean, gotta, she's a minority careerist that has clearly been promiscuous. Like she has to be at one to three. I would assume some of the politicians she used for career advancement would have happily uh, fronted the funds to pay for such a thing. But this is all hypothetical. I am not trying to defame the uh, honorable vice president of the United States with false accusations. Uh, Of course, speaking sincerely, I want to believe this is simply misspeak and I'm, I'm sure it probably is. I also know, though, these are the same people who would kill me in a second if they had a guarantee to get away with it. So I'm going to hesitate just a little bit to accept the official explanation in full. Um, And the cheering is is revealing to it. Now, I know the simple explanation there is they just cheer for her lines. They're her supporters. They cheer her for her lines. That's it. But she clearly said reduce population population. Yeah, it was not even clear as day. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that, that clearly was the word that was used. And they respond with uh, with roaring applause. So try your own conclusions on that, too. Um, well, the big news of the weekend, or at least what went viral all over the Internet, is many different clips from Tucker Carlson interviewing quasi debating uh, various members of the GOP 2024 field. Uh, this is kind of the first formal event of the 2024 campaign season, at least the first event where all of the candidates are together in something close to a debate setting. That's all of the candidates except one. Donald Trump did not attend. Um, and even without this event, I why, would say- why was that? Uh, he well, he's given some reasoning on why he doesn't want to participate in debates either. He's he says, I'm so far ahead that why would I give these people a chance just to beat up on me? Because I, we need something to talk about on our podcast. Yeah, duh, dude. Don't you know? <laughs> I, I would love to see Tucker interview Trump in this format. I think that would be really cool. I wish Trump would participate. Uh, Hasn't Tucker never interviewed him? I'm pretty sure he has. Uh, if I recall correctly, I just I'd like to see it in this sort of live setting with an audience and right you know, on the issues in a like a formal campaign type event. I think it'd be pretty interesting. Uh, but even without this event, everybody on the stage, with the exception of Ron DeSantis, is a, an almost no chance candidate. I mean, if, if yeah. you think we're rolling into the primaries here with realistically Trump, DeSantis, and DeSantis maybe gets some consolidation of everybody else who drops out beforehand. That's what we're looking at. So as a practical matter, does this change the dynamics of how the, the Republican primary is going to play out? Probably not. But is this revealing in sort of what I would say is the disconnect between candidates running for office and sort of mainstream thought uh, on the part of the voters who are expected to vote for them? Yeah, I, I think this is pretty revealing. In that way. And that's that's why it's important. And as I mentioned, um, Tucker was challenging. People can decide for themselves, I guess you can watch the event in full. But I don't I never got the impression throughout this that he was being unfairly hostile or just badgering or or just trying to gotcha people. He was asking completely chill. Yeah. And these people kind of self-destruct, man. Um, So he challenged several of the candidates on on the issues of Ukraine the border, 
COVID and the vaccine, gender transitions for kids and much more. It's a long event, but I've pulled out the uh, the moments I think are are most useful. And of course, everybody's talking about the moment with Mike Pence discussing support for Ukraine. And uh, this is kind of the headline exchange of the event. It, it looks like just another bullet in a campaign that was already long shot up and long dead. Uh, but you you can decide, is this Tucker murdering the Mike Pence campaign or is this the Mike Pence campaign committing suicide live on stage? Tucker challenged Mike Pence on unending support for Ukraine when major cities in our own country are crumbling and descending into criminal chaos. And there are two ways of interpreting Pence's response. One is that he's actually saying that suffering American cities are not his concern. The Ooh, other, I gotta be more charitable than that. I guess. I, and the other, and what I think he means with a horrible answer, like a horribly worded answer is that American tanks in Ukraine are not his only concern and that he thinks we should uh, take care of both the American homeland and Ukraine. But here was the exchange. I know you're running for president. You are, distra- you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Our economy has degraded. You're the suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. And as President of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. No, we can't. I mean, it's okay. My charitable evaluation of this is that he is saying it's not his concern to like delineate resources between uh, pointless foreign intervention and improving our domestic issues. But that's not even very charitable because that is the purview of the president. It's like one of their major, <laughs> their most major jobs. We have limited resources, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I kind of don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I understand what he means. Uh, personally, still disagree with what he means. Uh, in fairness to Pence, several of the clips that were circulated cut him off right after. That's not my concern. He did go on to explain, no, here's domestic issue A, B, and C that I think we need to take care of in addition to Ukraine. Was he um, saying Ukraine's not my concern? I don't, I think he's saying that Mike. I think he's saying my concern is being falsely characterized as like Ukraine over everything else. We can do both. I think is what he means. The the, the general point is the general point is I care about the, the welfare of the American homeland and defending Ukraine from Russia. And I think it's wrong to say that we have to pick one or the other is what he's saying in in the most that's retarded, horribly worded way possible. The thing is really bad. Yeah, I understand. Believe me, I've said things awkwardly many a time. I understand that completely. But the sternness of his face, too. That's not my concern. 
Just yeah. so you guys know, that's not my concern. He said it twice without a Well, he's flinch. annoyed with Tucker. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it, it doesn't come off. It doesn't come off uh, very well at all. Um, so I, I think some of the, the clip editing was a little bit unfair to him. But even when I take him f- with what he means, as, as you described, I still would consider it a highly questionable position for the for the reasons that you mentioned. Um, yeah. we, we do love to believe that our country is is so magical that we can do everything all at the same time. But you I don't care how great our country is. You are still a country of limited resources. And yep. the use of those resources involves trade-offs and consequences. Uh, you're, if, you, if you place resources in one particular area, that means necessarily you can't put them in the other area. And so this, this idea that there are, there's no consequence to focusing on one um, at the expense of the other, or there's no consequence to doing that sort of thing, I, I just don't think is true. Uh, you could take the most rich and talented person in the world all the riches and, and talents applied in one area, or let's put it, the, even if you have a, a massive pile of money and you're also very talented, if you apply those resources in one area, they're limited to that area for the time being. You can't put them all in every spot all the time. And so it's a question of priorities. And um, for Mike Pence, the question isn't uh, even, can we do both things? It's which one is more important. And I'm, if there's one thing I would have loved to hear Tucker follow up with, all right, um, let's assume we can do both. Do you have a priority stack? Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested in hearing that. We didn't necessarily get that, but, uh, but, but Pence got testy there and <laughs> at the start, well, thank you for noticing that I'm, that I'm running for president. Um, sorry, dude. I mean, <laughs> Tucker didn't even say anything. He said, you are running for president in X, Y, and Z. Tucker wasn't taking a shot. But he kind of interpreted right. it as like a, an insult to him. But the reality is few people seem to know or care that Mike Pence is running for president. That is an obstacle his campaign has to navigate or improve upon. Um, according to the New York Times on Friday, Pence has raised just $1.2 million in his first month of campaigning. He formally announced on June 5th. The first Republican debate is scheduled for August 23rd, and to qualify, each candidate needs 40,000 unique campaign donors. Now, this particular report doesn't say how many unique donors Pence has. It just says that the source within the campaign says they don't have 40,000. You can do the math, too. He's raised $1.2 million. 40,000 donors, if he had them, would mean an average of 30 bucks per donation. Very unlikely for a guy who's, uh, I'm guessing his, his typical donation skews higher than average would be my, my guess, but I don't, I guess I don't necessarily have data to back that up. That would just be my guess, but I'm sure you're right about that. Based on, on that number, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not even halfway to, to clearing that threshold. We might not even see Mike Pence make the first debate, let alone make it to actual votes, uh, come January, February next year. And he's not the only one. Um, He might not be the most desperate, at least. Now, he does hold the pedigree of being a former vice president, so he should be extremely recognizable. Some of these other candidates mentioned in this particular CNN story uh, are people that you've never heard of before. For example, South Dakota. I I forgot what state already. North Dakota. And that's one of my border states. I should know the difference between the Dakotas, but even I can't tell who the hell this guy is. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. yeah, Burgum. Have you ever heard that name in your life? 
No. Now you have. Get this scam. He's swapping $20 gift cards for dollar campaign contributions. So you give him a dollar and he gives you like a $20 gift card to Applebee's or something. How? Because they just need the number. Look how many donors I have. So they would rather lose money to get that number to get them on the stage. Uh, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, his super PAC is offering entries to a free college tuition sweepstakes in exchange for contributions to his campaign. Now, this is the sort of stuff that sounded illegal to me, but I guess it's not. Uh, there's uh, this is not a violation of any kind of campaign finance, I, I guess. But it does see, seems like the party at bare minimum needs to crack down on this. If the spirit yes. is yeah. you must have X number of supporters. Well, this is just, this is bribing. just bribery. Yeah. Yeah. It, it violates the spirit of that rule. And if people are doing this openly. Yeah, you got to you guys got to figure this out. You got to clean up. Uh, this particular rule, I would say maybe, maybe polling is the better way to go than campaign contributions. I don't know. You can't really, well, I shouldn't say, obviously you can rig those. It's, uh, you know, whoever's in charge of the poll can manipulate those numbers to be whatever you want. So maybe you just pay that guy instead. I don't know. Every system probably has its trade-offs and its flaws, but this seems really, uh, ridiculous. Hey, give me a buck and, uh, you get a free mudslide on me with your chicken tendies or whatever you buy. Desperate. Yeah. Okay, so uh, moving on from Mike Pence, uh, Tucker similarly challenged uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott on unwavering support for Ukraine. And Tucker asked, why is Mexico considered our ally when their fentanyl is killing Americans, but Russia is considered our enemy when they don't really do anything to us, at least comparatively? Russia's bad, Russia's a threat, Putin's evil, got it. But the total body count <laughs> from Russia in the United States is right around zero. Like, I don't know anyone who's been killed by Russia. I know people personally who've been killed by Mexico. The government of Mexico allows fentanyl to be made in its country and to come over our border. Yes. Why is Mexico less of a threat than Russia? Well, two things. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Okay, but yeah, and for, I mean, frankly, here's, here's no Americans killed by Russia, yep. hundreds of thousands killed by Mexico, but Mexico's our ally and Russia's our enemy. How does that work? Well, I'm not going to pretend like I, the legislation I have sponsored that I would sign as president of the United States freezes the assets of the Mexican cartels, targets the Mexican cartels, and hopefully eliminates the flow of fentanyl. Because I do agree with you that 70,000 Americans losing their lives on an annual basis is an existential threat to America that we can solve. But it's not the cartels. It's immigration. Well, some might say both and in the spirit of uh, Tim Scott and Mike Pence here. God's sakes. Just like watching these politicians fail to address, not fail to address, but dance around the central cultural issues is so hmm. effing frustrating. Good for Tucker, though. I mean, that was a really fair question. This this walk and chew gum at the same time. I know it's a cliche analogy. I know it's used in all kinds of contexts other than politics. Uh, but I hate it in this context. I think it's a, a terrible analogy in this context and in many others, but in this context too. walking and chewing gum by the design of the analogy are different things that don't really depend on one another. You can do them both individually or you can do them in combination, sending endless ammo supplies and money bags to other parts of the world. That depends on us actually having the resources to do that at right. home. And as we'll get to, sometimes we don't. Uh, so it's not walk and chew gum at the same time. It's more like, can we take out a car loan and a mortgage 
at the same time when we already have $100,000 in credit card debt and we work right. a minimum wage job? And the answer is no, we can't. No. We have limitations that have to be respected if we ever want to get into the position that maybe we can afford that car loan and that mortgage. And I know the comeback to that is, well, yeah, but we're only sending like 80 billion or 100 billion dollars to Ukraine in the context of a massively bloated federal budget that uh, includes absolute mountains of entitlement programs and a whole bunch of other nonsense. Agree. Uh, I'm not saying limit only spending in Ukraine. I'm saying we have a massive spending problem overall that needs to be managed, cut back, scaled down. Uh, And one way to do that is to evaluate uh, what sort of resources we're sending to faraway places and whether those resources are even being used for the purposes uh, that we send them over there for. Uh, Speaking of now, now they're, uh, they're talking about sending um, reservists to Europe. Mm -hmm. So we're actually, we're actually sending, I guess they're not going to fight in Ukraine, but we're sending guys over there. Okay. So Biden authorized the military to call up 3000 reservists to support operations in Europe. And we, you know, I think we sent 20,000 there last year. Um, but the problem with this is that they're, they are reservists. We, this is what people uh, in active duty are for. They are reservists, but they immediately uh, get issued active duty pay and status as do their families. So okay. they're, they, they cease to be reservists anymore. So why didn't they just assign active duty members it's not because we lack them uh it's this is a pr thing because i would assume he recognizes yeah. what yeah i would assume that's that's right yeah he recognizes that the uh the tide has turned on um, public support of of these crazy foreign wars that that don't really have domestic implications and they're like well it sounds better to send reserves right yeah i think uh it, it's there's probably uh if not a PR component, sort of a political component in our relationship with Russia and the rest of the world, where it, if you're sending reservists to do supply work or something like that, you can qualify it in less aggressive ways or say it's, it's not an aggressive move of any kind. Cause we're just, yeah, they're not active sen- duty. Yeah. Yeah. Except Some- they immediately are active duty. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, you know, it's just going to get worse. Nobody noticed when they, when we sent 20,000 last year. So 3000, I suppose it's like, Nobody get the shit about it. And now uh, we're running out of munitions. Uh, awesome. We actually have a couple problems. We're running out of munitions and the Air Force is facing budget shortfalls. So we're stretching our resources thin and um, and we're running out of our own ammo. It's not just Ukraine is running out of ammo. We are running out of ammo to give to Ukraine. And of course, that's the explanation for why we have to give Ukraine cluster bombs, bending ethical standards uh, otherwise, because now... We don't care as much, apparently, if civilians get bombed. As long as it's Ukraine that's doing it, that's what counts. Uh, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said on CNN this morning that we have to give Ukraine cluster bombs because the U.S. is now low on other ammunition. This is the same thing that Biden had said earlier in the week. Sullivan added, though, that's Trump's fault because, uh, I don't know, Trump apparently took it all when he laughed along with the classified documents or something. They're all at Mar-a-Lago. Go find President Biden said... Uh, recently that the U.S. gave cluster bombs to Ukraine in part because the U.S. is low on other ammunition to give the Ukrainians. That's a pretty shocking admission. When we came into office, uh, we found that the overall stocks of 155 ammunition, which is the NATO standard ammunition you use for artillery rounds, uh, was relatively low. 
But more importantly, Jake, we discovered that the ability to mass produce that ammunition would take not days or weeks or months, but years to get to the level that we needed. It's always a good strategy to tell your enemies exactly what your resources are. What you're are. doing, what your resources are. Um, but it doesn't even make sense. If they've known about low ammo for two years now, uh, why have we been giving all our ammo away to Ukraine? Or at least a sizable uh, chunk of it. And um, and in this scenario, can we actually walk and chew gum at the same time? If we <laughs> give away, we gave away all our gum to other countries. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have any gum to chew while we walk. How did that happen? I was told that we could walk and chew gum at the same time. Now we have no gum. Uh, but but even when they try to blame Trump, it's like, okay, your claim is that you walked into office and you looked at the weapons depot and you thought and you thought, man, shelves look pretty bare around here. Guess I better sit around and do nothing for over two years and then bitch about it then. That's what we're supposed to believe? Yes. That's what people believe. People believe this. Despite the uh, (sighs) Defense Department's massive budget, something like uh, $800 billion annually, we're now facing budget shortfalls as well. The The Air Force is suspending personnel moves and bonuses through the end of the fiscal year as the service faces a funding shortfall driven by higher than expected costs according to an air force statement on monday the air force says it needs to make these cutbacks now quote to avoid exhausting funds dedicated to personnel so that's how you know that costs are out of control when even (laughs) the government can't spend fast enough to keep up with the with the increasing costs i mean we're screwed at that point there's nothing you can do that's bad And, and the financial irresponsibility is so ridiculous that even Democrats are noticing, at least some of them, the um, the House and the Senate are currently working on the next defense bill. The House uh, passed one this week, but the Senate says it's dead on arrival because it limits abortions and tranny surgeries and diversity nonsense in the military. And all those things are more important than the military itself. So the Democrats are going to protect that, of course. Uh, but Democrat Congressman Ro Khanna was on CNN on Friday and he said, well, how are we uh, low on ammunition? How do we have uh, these possible budget shortfalls when we're spending billions of dollars on defense every year? Where is all the money going? Uh, Which is a great question for a member of Congress, considering Congress has oversight authority on all of these things. And they're the ones who, of course, writes, uh, write the checks to spend on these things. Um, And, and he's going to blame, he, in this quote, he blames defense contractors gouging the American people and the American government. And um, and yeah, I'm sure many of those contracts are bogus. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but how about some actual oversight of these things instead of just endlessly shoveling money yeah. back onto the pile like that's going to fix anything? The rest of his quote is is preposterous, too. Um, he says, here's the quote. Here's the question I have. We have almost a trillion dollar defense budget and we can't make enough artillery to give to Ukraine. So once again, it's like <laughs> just the framing. Our country has limited resources but not enough for Ukraine. It's always yeah. It's like if you guys can like just consider for a second that maybe, maybe we could put resources to anything else. Is that is that a possibility that you can consider for five seconds? Whether it's Rokana, Mike Pence, Tim Scott, any of the rest of them. Ukraine appears to be a first concern, and and it's not one that we can sacrifice. The answer, if you notice, is always Ukraine and. Ukraine and all these other things that are important. Ukraine and yep. this and that. 
that really should tell you something about the interest in play. In addition to this quote from Ro Khanna in this CNN segment, it's like, yeah, man, wouldn't it be great if we had some oversight over this? Thank you, uh, Mr. Congressman. Yes, it would be great if we had some oversight. Isn't it weird how you're saying very common sense things that everyone should agree with, but none of you guys in Congress actually do, presumably because you have some sort of benefit based on this arrangement. Right. That's the only explanation I could come up with. So why is it that nobody seems to agree on these common sense things that you're saying? Anyway, you have any other thoughts on Ukraine? Because now we're going to get to Asa Hutchinson and the. No, we should get it. There's a lot to unpack. This is this was the Mike Pence thing, I think, is going to be consequential for Mike Pence. Uh, Maybe his destiny was already predetermined, but. This, this um, guy was toast anyway, though. So this is purely entertainment. Value. This actually um, uh, this was uh, the most entertaining exchange, I think, with the most depth to it on a, on a completely different issue. Not about Ukraine at all. We're talking about transgender kids. And then there was an exchange on the vaccine as well. But um, but this is Arkansas governor or former Arkansas governor Asa Hutchinson. Uh, yes. Also a guy running for president. Also a guy you've never heard of. Uh, no chance before, after this exchange, probably even less of no chance. But Asa Hutchinson's most controversial move as governor of a conservative state, of course, was overriding his legislature and vetoing a bill that uh, ultimately went on to ban child gender transitions from the medical practice in Arkansas. Uh, after the clip, I'll explain a little bit more context on that. But that's that's what they're discussing. This exchange is pretty long, but I left it long because I think it's really illuminating. Tucker completely traps Hutchinson on whether uh, transitioning kids is, quote unquote, medical treatment or not. And whenever you look at the bill that I vetoed, there was not any grandfather clause in there. I think independently, I think of the parents, I think of the Constitution, and actually the court, if you read the decision of the federal judge that struck it down as unconstitutional, really sided with parents as well. But how is, whenever- it, tre- but how is it treatment? I guess that's my question. If you have a child who says, who's born a boy, I want to become a girl, he hasn't gone through puberty yet, is it treatment? to prevent him from going through the natural process of adolescence? How is that treatment? It it seems not like treatment. It seems like something else. Well, you have to, Tucker, I hope that we'll be able to talk about some issues. I know that- Well, this is one of the biggest issues in the country, and I think I would, every person in this room would agree. Whenever you look at, at children and what they're challenged with in life, I think it's important that in the most sensitive issues that parents are able to guide them through that challenge. But you have repeatedly described delaying a child's natural progression from childhood to adulthood through adolescence. You describe that as, quote, treatment. You believe, I suppose, that people can change their sex. Because if you don't believe that, you wouldn't call it treatment, would you? (laughs) Well, the God created two genders, and that's what I have stated. Uh, oh. I don't support that. I wouldn't make that decision in my family yes. about changing and changing genders. Oh, you can see that moment, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. Where he's like, "Fuck, I got me there." Uh, the, that that point on why do you call to, to say that it's treatment is to believe that men can become women and women can become men. Would you not agree? Right. And yeah, I mean, he really did not get to that point and explaining further on it um 
But for full context on the bill that they're discussing, it was HB 1750 in Arkansas. It was a, a bill to ban child gender transitions. It passed the Arkansas House and Senate. Hutchinson then vetoed it, as he described. The legislature then overrode his veto, and it became law in 2021. But then it was challenged in court, and a federal court struck it down as unconstitutional last month based on, in part, nonsense penumbra reading uh, and, and reasoning. Some points uh, on that actual exchange, though, and um, just things to consider. I found it fascinating how he says, well, you know, on these issues, I think of the Constitution. Well, no constitutional conservative should agree with a federal court decision removing the police power of the states on this issue. Mm -hmm. And that's what the decision he's referencing does. As far as I understand, it's still um, in the in process. So maybe we'll get a different decision in the end. But in that context, it doesn't matter if the court is is supposedly agreeing with parents or not it is removing the power of the states to decide this issue for themselves it's an issue on which the constitution is silent therefore states hold the right to police it that's what arkansas was doing that is what the constitution intends so this claim of constitutional fidelity i think is completely bunk Uh, this bill would not really have intruded on parents at least i would argue anyway what it would what it does or what it would have done without the court's intervention, um, it defines what medical practice is in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So um, when he characterizes this as kind of an intrusion on parents, I, I don't think that's strictly accurate. I will say, obviously, I'm very skeptical of state intervention in the relationship between parent and child. I don't want families broken up. I don't want parents imprisoned. I don't want children without uh, you know, stable families at home and all of that. No, no, I totally agree. But we have established as a society that there are certain lines that when crossed necessitate breaking up a, a parent-child relationship. We already have done that with abuse, sexual abuse, pedophilia, and other things like that. And I think that this definitely qualifies within the realm of uh, the absolute destruction physically and and psychologically of a child. And I think you can you can make that argument. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I will note that the Arkansas bill, the Arkansas law, doesn't even do that. We're not talking about right. Um, right. separating families. We're not talking about imprisoning people. This is about medical licensure in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So this yep. bill, this law just says uh, medical practice in Arkansas does not include transitioning children's genders. And if you want to do that, you don't get a medical license in the state of Arkansas. And we yeah. do that in the context of all, in all sorts of contexts, uh, medical contexts. States decide their standards of practice. I suspect that if a, a learned doctor in Arkansas prescribed, say, human sacrifice for a sick child, Asa Hutchinson might say, well, the state uh, maybe should have something to say about that not happening. Or I mean, if you consider that to be an absurd example, Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't think we're too far away from child sacrifice, to be honest. But uh, and well, in fact, the, we do it. We just call it a different thing. Consider abortion. Yeah. 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 And, and Asa Hutchinson is pro-life and I'm not criticizing his pro-life position, but I think it is a position that argues against what he just said uh, just at the end of April. He said he would sign a federal abortion ban. So why does the logic of it's important that parents are able to navigate the most sensitive issues with their children themselves. Why does that not hold here? Totally. Why aren't these abortion, these parents getting an abortion? Why aren't they just navigating the most sensitive issue with their children? Is there yeah. some moral principle that is being violated that justifies state intervention in that case? And if so, why doesn't that apply to 
pumping the kids up with hormones or hacking off their genitals or whatever else you might do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to, to the point that you made, if you believe there are certain contexts in which children are abused that justifies uh, the intervention with that relationship between parent and child. I don't know, man, it's hard. It's hard for me to see how uh, how this sort of physical alteration, if you want to be charitable, mutilation, if you want to be more direct, how that how that wouldn't qualify according to the same logic they use in abortion and any other context. Um, And and he didn't, even the answer on whether men can become women or women can become men. It was a little mealy mouth still. I I believe that, yeah, God created men and women. And and, uh, yeah, again, that's perfectly fine position. It's just, you, you have to say if it's treatment, then you believe there's some interchangeability between those things. You believe that someone legitimately can move between man and woman. I guess maybe his position is God created man and woman, but meant for people to switch teams at will. Maybe, maybe that's what he means. I don't know. Um, I just want one time just for them to, to be honest. Like if he would have come out and been like, listen, uh, this child transitioning thing is obviously insane, but I kind of have to like, give a little bit to the left to make myself seem more appealing. I would have been like, huh? Well, <laughs> if that, if, if that is the strategy and even what though it seems, be doing? Ins- yeah, it seems insane to me, but I can't give you a more plausible explanation for why they would behave this way. Uh, you're fooling yourself, man. These people are never going to support you in a million years Mm-mm. You don't really want that support anyway. It's like if you're willing to to throw every principle you hold under the bus for the prospect of what, like maybe a percent point or two more in an electoral bump. What's the point? That's just, you don't really believe in anything at that point other than you believe in trying to gain office, which is not actually of moral value for any reason. Well, that's all any of them. Yeah. Well. He also had an answer about the vaccine. Did you catch that one? Yeah. So also embarrassing. Yeah. I had a lot of thoughts about this too, but uh, this was the other significant exchange with uh, Asa Hutchinson. Tucker straight up asked him, how many vaccines have you had? And Hutchinson uh, dodged and returned the question back to Tucker. One of the powers that government did usurp uh, over the past several years is, is the right to decide what medicine you take in the form of of COVID mandates. How did you feel about that? And how many COVID shots did you take? And how do you feel about it now, in retrospect? How many COVID shots did you take? Zero. But but I think it's fair, and I I can see that you recoiled when I asked you that question. Um, And I don't think, honestly, you should be asking people about their medical care, but that became a, a matter of public policy and I do think that the whole country ought to pause and assess, like, what did we just go through? What, How do we feel about it now? And so it's a very straightforward question. I'm with Tucker, except uh, this thing of like, well, it's not really fair to be asking people about their medical history because it's all people did to us this entire time. They wanted to put us in camps based on our medical preferences and medical history. Also, it's so relevant um, because uh these it's a litmus test for mental retardation. Like, <laughs> did you get the vaccine? Yes. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot, so I can't listen to anything you say, almost well, without exception. In, well, the exception I would qualify that I don't think applies to Asa Hutchinson is that many people were uh, 
unjustly coerced into that decision through a whole. Oh, we've we've had this discussion so many times. Like people people could not wait to get the vaccine to travel or because they didn't want to upset their lifestyle. I mean, I know people that have that totally had to switch careers and and move and everything like that to not get the vaccine. And even though that that makes your life so much more difficult, it was it was the right thing. To do. And I know that Asa Hutchinson personally had a choice. He did acknowledge being vaccinated later in, in the interview or moments later in the interview. And, um, and yeah, in general, I agree. Like I'm not interested in, in inquiring about people's medical decisions in general. However, this is a governor who was very interested in inquiring about your medical decision in this particular case and smearing people who made the decision not to get the vaccine uh, this is a Politico piece from 2021 in which he's speaking on CNN and he said, quote, it's myths. As I go to these town hall meetings, someone said, don't call it a vaccine, call it a bioweapon. And they talk about mind control. Well, those are obviously erroneous. Other members of the community correct that. And he talks about how he has to overcome all the false beliefs that these people have to encourage them to get vaccinated. Uh, and, and so um, in fairness to him, he he didn't mandate it and he fought mandates in his state. But this, this is a governor who was very interested in your vaccination status. Uh, very interested in asking you, are you vaccinated? And to Tucker's point, I think recoils a little bit now and is, is mad. Yeah. They want us to forget this. Never. I will never forget this. None of us should. Now, how about this? Um, If you want to be critical of Tucker here, uh, is Tucker being hypocritical? I think it's fair to, to question or to play devil's advocate here. He he just finished. Uh, well, he's now condemning state control of medical decisions in the prior exchange. He just finished challenging Hutchinson for not using state control on medical decisions with with child Ooh, trainees. Is that I hate that. I don't think that's logically inconsistent okay. at all. Or are uh, you waiting for my, my rebuttal? Just, yeah, um, sure. I just accidentally spit all over my keyboard. That's all. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were like pausing, like, or making no, I, no. Um, one of them is, is, uh, I know that you're going to try to steal men this by making the argument that the vax is also beneficial for children. Not that you think that, but that's what you're going to say. Um, I wasn't going to go that what, route, but, um, all right, maybe I'll, maybe I'll devil's advocate hard. I don't know. One of these is, is, um, it's patently destructive to children and to society. Yeah. I think, um, when I think about the distinctions here, cause I actually was not going to go to bat for that position super strong but i think it's one that is an obvious rebuttal that ought to be addressed um i I do think that there is a distinction you tell me if this distinction is valid or not i think there's a a distinction though between banning a certain practice in the case of child uh medical or child uh, gender transitions banning a practice as in saying that practice is unavailable and then forcing, it's not yeah. the same thing as forcing a practice upon someone. So those who disagree right. with Arkansas's decision on child trannies, they are free to leave and find something that they agree with elsewhere. Uh, the vaccine mandates, though, that's you can't unvaccinate yourself. There's no going right. back. Yeah, I think that's a, a moral distinction in, in the use of force here. And then I, I also think that the, va- the vaccine involves a strictly individual decision, generally speaking. Uh, I guess they did give the vaccine to kids, but what we're talking about here is intruding in the context of workplace mandates or in the context of other mandates, intruding on the individual's decision of how to treat his own body in that way. In the context of the the children's uh, gender transitions, you're talking about acting on someone's behalf or 
acting on behalf of that child. There's another person involved. And by the way, um, that person is generally not informed or not able to make an informed decision for himself or herself. Um, and and we, we make all sorts of government interventions on behalf of children that don't necessarily apply to adults all the time. You, know, you think of consumption of alcohol, consumption of cigarettes, all sorts of adult behaviors or products uh, that we distinguish. So I um I don't full disclosure I don't think I don't think it's hypocritical I'm not saying that Tucker's position there is hypocritical I just think that uh, it's one of those criticisms that someone would would throw at that and I want to think about what the best response to that sort of accusation would be. Mm-hmm. Another thought on this: Do you believe Tucker that he didn't take any doses? I do because at the time Fox did not really have any leverage, and you see how it went when he got fired. He was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna." build something else. Also, I'm rich. There wasn't a lot of kicking and screaming. I think he, from the beginning was like, I'm not getting this vaccine. And if you want to fire me over this, then I'll use it to launch like a major career. So I, I, I believe him. Yeah. Fox, uh, everybody noted, uh, Fox and their hypocrisy for having a vaccine mandate in the workplace. Uh, mandate is a broad term here. Even CNN's coverage notes. It's kind of a I mean, they, they want you to get vaccinated. I'm not obscuring that point, but this was kind of a this was as light of a mandate or as meaningless of a mandate as possibly existed. It was a voluntary way for employees to self attest their vaccination status. So you as far as I tell, I can tell from this reading, you basically tell them, yeah, I got vaccinated and they believe you. It's the honor system, it sounds like. Uh, but but even that it wasn't you must get vaccinated and tell us it was if you tell us that you're vaccinated, you can avoid you can bypass these otherwise required daily health screenings. So it wasn't like you were, you were fired or banned. Um, So knowing that there were easy ways to get around it and knowing that if anybody at Fox had the power to say, uh, yeah, fuck you guys, I'm not doing that. uh, It (laughs) would be him. I, I do believe him. I don't think that he's lying, but I think it's fair to note that, that certain circumstances at Fox at the time were contrary to that position. Mm. Lastly, uh, Tucker, that wasn't that wasn't the end of the weekend for Tucker. He he went down to Florida to a turning point event and uh, he took the stage to thank the audience for their appreciation for an unemployed guy. And he laughed about just how easy it was to make Mike Pence look like an idiot. Thank you. I, I don't I don't think most unemployed people get a reception like that. But if I could make some general observations, which I think are more edifying than just like savaging Mike Pence, um, I I think, (laughs) which I'm not going to do, because that would be wrong, and it would be wrong because it's too easy. And the easy things are not rewarding, are they? You don't feel good when you beat your five-year-old in soccer or ping pong. Like, what? (laughs) Did you catch any more Um, of that speech? Mm-mm. There was one segment, there's one piece of it where someone was t- uh, talking to him about or yelling at him about there's cocaine in the White House, which we'll get to after the break here. And he went into this kind of two minute riff about it was like almost like an impromptu stand up bit about how he can't believe that there's cocaine in the White House and it's so out of character. And I know uh, like my description of it makes it sound kind of normy and not that funny, but it was his. It was great delivery. It was just really funny. It was it was close to stand-up quality and you can see why um you just see why he's he's so successful in what he does it's it's 
not just the argumentation or the thought. It's a presentation thing. He's just very gifted. He's a very gifted communicator when he's off the script, when he's just yeah kind of riffing at a podium like he was and uh because he talks like uh like like your friend like he's yeah. just talking to you he's unpretentious and people really appreciate that yeah i'm not convinced that he's he's not controlled opposition but i can't help but find him um, very likable and charismatic i'm gonna have to head on down to the yellowstone river and find him fly fishing next time so <laughs> like remember what he got yelled at at that fly shop over in livingston yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll have to intercept him and uh <laughs> And we can we can discuss we can discuss all of these things while he teaches me to fly fish. I, I'm embarrassed to say, you know, I, uh, I I consider myself authentically Montanan. I don't know how to fly fish, though. I've I've never done it. I should learn it. Never fly fished in my life. I always figured, like, I'll wait till I'm uh, basically crippled old man to find peace on the river and handle it that way. So that's my plan for the future. But. Anyway, none of that matters. Uh, we, we're definitely due for a break. Oh, sure. So uh, let's get into that, and then we'll talk uh, cocaine at the White House when we're done. Refreshing. Okay. iBot PN, thank you. No, no. Uh, thank you, iBot. Yours. Got back from my road trip. Kalispell, Montana was a really great place. Coeur was also really nice, even though it's right next to the dump that is Spokane. Hopefully the housing market gets better soon so I can never visit Oregon again. It's not that close. It's, you know, 40 minutes away. Spokane in a, and Coeur d'Alene. state. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I owe, uh, I bought his Bernie. And glad you had a good trip, Zors. I am not going to be niggardly. Godspeed in your, your moving plans. Yep. Wicked Masshole. Uh, great to have, a, to have on right-wing investigative journalists like Matt. It's a criminally neglected field on our side, and we would do well to promote them. The Capital Research Center is another asset, but Mike Watson may be afraid to come on this show. Hmm. I am not. I'm not familiar. I'll have to check it out uh, with Mike Watson. That is, but uh, but yeah, uh, Palumbo is a great guy, and uh, and I'm always happy to uh, to discuss his work because he he's very thorough and he's very thoughtful. Uh, you got more. Yep, Robin Eubanks, Nuggle Hunky Buck, and I once made love. It was in the White House when we left. He acted like he forgot something, seemed pretty upset. Wonder what it could be. Perhaps I wasn't the only one. Coked well, up. That's not my concern. She said caked up, but you can't say coked up in the live chat. Oh, is that what she, I, I would have read it caked up and not even understood. <laughs> Holden Mulray. Matt, now that you've done over 100 movie reviews, do you have any favorite actors, directors, genres? Same question for Blonde. God bless you all. Hmm. Um, man, that's a, that's a tough question to think about off the cuff. I've had a little bit of time to prepare it. Well, let tell you what, let me, I can look at my top rankings uh, in, instead of like preferred actors or directors. I don't know that I have that, but I think I have some surprise movie, like movies I didn't expect to love, but did. Let me give you a few examples really quick here from, uh, the ones that I've given five wikis. So uh, I think of like the Truman show didn't expect to love that movie. Loved it. Mm. Falling down. Didn't know anything about that movie. It's it's up there in some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. Awesome movie. The um, Clint Eastwood one. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Gosh, how many movies have we watched? I'm like, which one? It's been oh, over oh, 100 for formal uh, review purposes now. And the, the other one I would say. The other honorable mention, I'll say movie. This is a movie I expected to like, and it exceeded my expectations. And that was V for Vendetta. 
loved that movie and expected to love it. So that's a really high bar. Uh, yeah. When you think the movie's going to be good and it's better than you expected <laughs> it to be. So th- those are my those are my top probably my top movie experiences through a hundred reviews. Do you feel like you're more plugged in to the American zeitgeist because of our project? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, specifically with stupid things like memes and stuff, a lot of things like even the big Lebowski, meme, I, a lot of those things, the sounder, like I, I had to grab that one back. Um, uh, the, your opinion man sounder. Where did I store that? This one, That's I used to use opinion. it all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And I'd never even seen the movie, but I get it. You know, It's like there are a lot of memes out there um, where I, I haven't seen the movie, but I kind of understand the context. Now it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that exact scene. I remember exactly where that fits and I know all about it. So I feel like I'm more culturally competent yeah. in that way. And it's fulfilling its purpose. Um, I also feel like it it gives the audience a fun way to hate on me and hate on you, too. But. Uh, that's oh, kind of fun yeah. too. I've liked sort of hate the political... on me hard today. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, all right. Uh, you know, I, I was going to, at the start of the bit, I was going to predict that you hated this movie. That was, I've seen it. I've seen it 10 times. Okay. I, you know, so this was, I thought maybe if I watched it again, things huh. would change. Cause my husband loves this movie and all I right. love my husband and I want to love the same movies as my husband. <laughs> but I don't. Did you watch it together? Um, no, I just hmm. flipped it on this morning while I was working on the show notes because I've seen it so many times. I mean, we watched it together before. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you want to take over on uh, Tippy or not Tippy Stream? Whatever uh, ones you read on there. Yeah, I've got some on Rumble here. Uh, Pepsidal says, "I want to hear your, as in Matt uh, Blonde and Matt's take on the carbon atom being the six 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 number of the Antichrist mentioned in the Bible." If you haven't heard of this, look it up and answer later. I'm going to have to plead to look it up and answer later because that is news to me. But yeah. perhaps we could talk about this on a Wednesday. I, um, or if there's a specific resource that you want me to read, send me, e- email me the best link so I don't have to just jump into these woods myself. Uh, and thanks for supporting the show. Dick Boner. God created two sexes, gender is language. Stupid effing neocommies. Stop playing. They're stupid. Yeah, I, it, it is frustrating when just the basics of like men are men and women are women that we're that when I say we, I mean, candidates who are supposedly on the conservative side of things that that even that is not um, fearlessly conserved, I suppose, yeah. that that even that you're willing to cede ground on. I understand sometimes compromise has value for getting you closer to a goal or closer to the truth or whatever. I just don't when you when you compromise on like men and men are men and women are women. What what is gained? <laughs> what values do you have? I mean, it's like one of those even, fundamental truths yeah. that you cannot betray. It's, it's to undo that distinction is to undo effectively all of society. You're going to face serious consequences for that. Yeah, but uh, but you might get a few more votes. Asa Hutchinson. From people who hate you on account of being from Arkansas alone. So good luck with that. <laughs> Laser 47 says blonde and I once baked cookies. Afterward, the showers smelled of freshly. Oh, man. <laughs> Why didn't uh, I make cookie soap? Uh, that, <gasps> that that's where this was going. That's where this was going. Um no this was a shower joke soap joke cookie joke there's a hint of oat perfectly crisp and crumbly 
Thank you, Laser. Well, it's not my concern. Oh my God. Laughing Boy says, look, transgenderism is a mental illness and any doc that helps to do this to a minor should be hung for child abuse next to the parents. This is mental illness like body integrity disorder. And that, well, see, that's the thing is if you're if you make the case that this is um, physical child abuse, which speaking honestly, I don't know how I could characterize it as anything other than that. It does justify the sort of criminal penalties that we would talk about in in the case of physical abuse of a child, uh, yep. uh, killing a child, whatever, all of those things. And and we're t- again, we I don't know why I include myself with these people, but we're too afraid to defend the idea of maybe that's maybe that makes you ineligible for medical license. Like maybe let's start there. We can't defend that position. That sorry, in this state, that's not part of. The medical practice. If you disagree with that, you're welcome to pursue the medical practice somewhere else. But right. we're not going to facilitate that here. We're not. We're not talking uh, the sort of things that Laughing Boy is talking about. We're just talking about like that's not part of being a doctor, dude. That's it. Addicted to drums says thanks. No thank you. As always, Odyssey. We're good. D Live. We're good. You ready to uh, hop back into? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we got plenty to talk about, so let's get back at it. Actually, maybe this cocaine thing is is super quick because there's nothing to discuss. They have no idea. It's just uh, it's yeah, a mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think it was the Secret Service came out with this statement. There was no surveillance video footage found that provided investigative leads or any other means for investigators to identify who may have deposited the found substance in the area. Without physical evidence, the investigation will not be able to single out a person of interest from the hundreds of individuals we passed through the vestibule where the cocaine was discovered at this time. The investigation is closed due to a lack of physical evidence. I mean, good God. We were talking about this on Skype earlier. Like you cannot commit a, like a, a minor burglary of a, of a small town gas station without HD camera footage getting you caught within two hours anymore. Like the idea that there are, parts of the white house that are not under like incredibly high definition camera scrutiny is so yeah. stupid. Like it's, it's so stupid. A hobo can't wipe his ass with a rainbow flag. Remember that yeah. even he was caught on camera. CCTV will, will get you in HD when you're doing something on the street in London. Like this is so, so stupid. They have facial recognition technology. Um, I can put my face into a facial recognition into facial recognition software and it'll tell me everywhere that it is on the internet it, it's like i've not played around with that but that uh doesn't do, surprise me do not do it i'm, I'm not gonna look the, at it. yeah the deep fake porn situation although i bet it's not as bad for you <laughs> i don't want to see any of my deep fake porn that's no, fine it's, i'm gonna leave really that alone disgusting. but like this this doesn't pass the smell test like there's no way this isn't true it's the white house it's of course there are cameras everywhere over every single inch of the white house and that yeah it would it would uh stand a basic reasoning but there's supposedly an unnamed source uh, familiar with the investigation saying no we we totally found some fingerprints uh they just don't want to talk about it yeah okay so there's this unnamed source that talked to soldier of fortune magazine which i'm totally unfamiliar with and the layout looks sketch it looks super sketch. The website does look a little suspect to me. But you but said you know about well, this. I looked this into this reporter's work and, you know, she appears to have some credible work. I, I'm not, you know, I haven't analyzed her entire history, but she doesn't strike me as just some hack. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So this, this unnamed source is saying we know who handle it. We've known since last, last week. 
and that um, there was a hit on the fingerprints and that a result came back on the fingerprints. Um, uh, so, yeah. And then when this report came out by this uh, Secret Service, this unnamed source was like, uh, they're totally wrong. And they the Secret Service did release this after the unnamed source had talked to Soldier of Fortune. And then the reporter came back and was like, I stand by, I stand by this report. Yeah. Um, as you were mentioning before the show, it would be nice if we could get some uh, additional details on this. Yeah, it's like, just tell us who it is then. Like, I'm yeah. so sick of this. Anyway, this was, however, not the first time that drugs have been found in the White House. Weed has been found twice previously, but it was below the threshold in grams of a misdemeanor charge. So I guess they didn't even pursue that. Um, and they didn't, they would by still... that, they didn't even find whose it was. Is that is that what that means? Yeah, I mean, they couldn't even be charged for misdemeanor. So they were like, uh, we'll just destroy it and not look into it. Uh, which of course is the is probably the right reaction, but like, uh, I don't know about this. On the one hand, I'm I'm like, of course they know who it is, and they would only be covering it up if it were a Biden. If it was some low level staffer, they would have just thrown them under the bus by now. Well, I know last week we considered I shouldn't say we I considered stupid theories like maybe it's Kamala Harris's or some other nonsense, even though they were kind of saying that. I didn't think yeah. of um, the most obvious conclusion outside of Hunter Biden himself. And that is, of course, that maybe it's Joe's. Why complicate the theory? Who lives at the White House? The president. Maybe it's the president's cocaine. So headline Huffington Post. Donald Trump spews outrageous theory on why he claims Joe Biden does cocaine. This is Donald Trump earlier in the week uh, appearing in an interview on uh, Real America's Voice. And I mean, as far as theories go, I actually don't consider it all that crazy. Joe Biden is a guy who's barely alive. He could use an upper. And so maybe they give him uh, probably the world's most famous upper when he has to give a speech and get all the way through it. Here was uh, here was Trump explaining. It's in my opinion, it's Hunter and probably Joe. Because, you know, you watch right. Joe at the beginning of a speech and he's got a little life, not much, <laughs> but he's got a little life. By the end of the speech, he's a disaster. He can't even find his way off the thing. So there's something going on there. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was for both of them. I think it's for both of them. But that's yeah. my opinion. Before each speech and interview, they probably need to give him something to juice I think him up. They pump I him exactly up. that. Yep. <laughs> no, I think they pump him up. All right. Absolutely. Let, and I think, and we let, can't have a president that's on cocaine when you're dealing <laughs> with nuclear weapons and everything else. I love that quote, man. Uh, I don't have a great Trump impression, so I'm not going to try. But just we can't have a president who's on cocaine just so everyone's aware. No, I mean, I think that's obviously not true. He's way too senile and incapacitated. People on cocaine are motivated. They, they have some clarity and they would have given him a longer acting drug. They'd be like, here, take 60 milligrams of Adderall. Go. But, but just think, what if we are actually watching Biden on coke? What is he... He's comatose in He's his sleeping. normal state. He's, <laughs> that's got to be incredible if we're watching coked up Biden more often than not. Uh, but I, maybe they're running out of cocaine because now there's a report in CNN that top Democrats aren't just considering replacing Biden as their uh, as their candidate for 2024. There are pieces of this report that suggest the decision is already made. So CNN reports that top Democrats and donors have reached out to possible replacements for Biden and had conversations about them getting in the race as Biden struggles in the White House. The polling is not looking good. We're a long way out. Yeah. But 
whether you put whether you put uh, Biden against Trump or DeSantis, presumably the two candidates that have a realistic shot at the nomination, uh, Biden is losing ground to both currently for completely understandable reasons. And if there are Democrats panicking about that, they're thinking about how to replace him. I mean, maybe they're honest and they think let's get someone compelling to actually win legitimately in a you know Democrat primary that's. Full I'm of all sure sorts of it. corrupt mechanisms like superdelegates and other nonsense. Or what's weird about this report, I, I don't think it's that weird that people would be strategizing about getting somebody else. It's this part. Uh, quote in this story, those who are placing the calls to the prospective Democrat candidates are telling them that despite what 80 year old Biden has said, and despite launching his campaign, he actually will not run for president. Now, I guess I'm reading into that a little bit for that to mean that the decision is made. How else do you say that definitively without knowledge that the decision is made, though? And let's assume that's true, that the people who are behind this campaign, they know he's not running for president, but they're going to act like he is with the intent of someone else swooping in later. What do they gain? What I'm trying to figure out what the motive would be. And the only thing I can come up with is that... Maybe you run Biden through the fall of 2024. You you um, have him do the crappy debates and and all of that. And then maybe a week or two or I don't know, maybe like a, at some point close to the election. Oh, Biden, he died or he had a health episode or whatever. Uh, Gavin Newsom's the guy now. And you don't actually have to face the scrutiny. You just have generic Democrat candidate yeah. inserted. Maybe, but that's that's an insane plan if that's what they're thinking. Can you think of any other reason why you would f- hoax run Biden for president, basically? Oh, geez. No, it's not it's really. I, I mean, why? Your reasons are they sound highly conspiratorial and insane, I, I, but I can't think of anything better. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, what do you what do you gain by putting this guy out there knowing that he's going to bail other than concealing the guy that you're saving behind the curtain? Yeah, that's it. Anyway, anything else? Everybody hates Gavin Newsom's face. They just have to like. And come on. Uh, Yeah, well, any plan that gets us less of Gavin Newsom's face, I'm in favor of. Well, maybe not. If If it comes with more Biden time, maybe I should rethink that. But. Things can get worse, you know. Well, Gavin Newsom, quite possibly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, anything else on that before we hop into our interview with Matt Palumbo? Nope. Let me set my timer. All right. Well, uh, next up is my friend Matt Palumbo, author and content manager on BonginoReport.com. He's got a new book out, Fact-Checking the Fact-Checkers, breaking down the corruption and weaponization of the fact-checking industry. We will see you back here in just under 15 minutes.
And welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening. He's author, content manager at BonginoReport.com and professional debunker Matt Palumbo. He is also a humble book salesman. And his new book, Fact-Checking the Fact-Checkers, How the Left Hijacked and Weaponized the Fact-Checking Industry, releases this Tuesday, July 18th. Matt, thanks for making time for us. Yeah, always always good to be on. I I think it's like we're once a year now, right, with the interviews. Every time there's a new Palumbo book, you know, we've got to have, we gotta right, have yeah, the yeah, segment to discuss me. it. All right, well, looking forward to discussing this one. Well, and, so, uh, so what's the rundown on it? Obviously, I can make some guesses so, from the title, but what's the inspiration? What are you demonstrating? What's the thought behind the book? Well, shocker, the, the fact checkers are wrong about everything. Um, it was, I mean, the story of the book is it's really a culmination of maybe four or so years of, I wouldn't say research, but I would just say kind of bookmarking things of fact checkers saying that seemed a bit off that I knew I'd kind of get to later. Or, you know, maybe I'd write an article here or there debunking something. But I just kind of wanted a magnum opus of every single possible category a fact checker has written on, uh, just showing them getting everything wrong. And it's mostly sites like PolitiFact and Snopes. Um but just the the I guess the the main I guess why it's relevant is uh, these fact checking sites have had a, sort of an outsized role on social media, uh, whereas you know Facebook partners with them and formerly Twitter, but it's not a problem there. Um, but basically, any fact checker can just kind of say whatever opinion they want, and then they become the de facto arbiters of truth. And if you on social media and Facebook specifically are to say something that goes contrary to some liberal narrative, they, because they are sanctioned, can then put a flag on your post. They can reduce the reach. Um, if you are a public figure and you're making most of your income through Facebook or social media, uh, they can demonetize you or throttle, you know, greatly throttle how much people see your content. Uh, so there are consequences, and it's happened to me working for Bongino and managing his social media. So I've gotten a lot of uh, insight on how they target pages. Um, they will really just look for any excuse to flag you. Um, so, for instance, we've had our, you know, we, we post every day on his Facebook page, a link to his podcast, and then there'll be like a recommended reading list. Uh, there was one day where they, I guess we linked to that on the Facebook page. So some fact checker went through our reading list and fact check one of the articles so they could then slap our page with a fact check for recommending it. Um, so a lot of the times they'll sort of work backwards and look for high profile right wing pages and then find any possible thing that could be wrong with your page to flat target mm -hmm. you. Um, but it's it's like, for instance, actually one of the things that pissed me off enough to start writing the book was I did an article a while ago on... Uh, representation in Congress and how, you know, because illegal aliens and and legal, but, you know, uh, immigrants who can't vote are, are Canada's population in the census, uh, they boost representation in, in the Electoral College. So California has, and I argued it was something like four or five more electors than they would if, if we didn't count illegals or legal um, or illegal immigrants in our population counts, uh, th those who can't vote, in other words. And their fact check was like, they said it was mostly false because it might have been as low as two or three extra representatives. And and their rebuttal to me, they didn't go through any of the math I did. They just emailed some professor who said, oh, it doesn't sound right to me. And that was that was their analysis. So yeah. they'll really well, look for anything. And and I mean, the, the book is is hundreds and hundreds of examples of of, you know, individual fact checkers who will use different standards, depending on who they're talking about, them contradicting yeah. themselves or their colleagues. Well, it, it, the list goes on. I want to ask you about. um 
alleged objectivity mm-hmm. in their scientific methods of the truthometer, for example. But but really, yeah. the broad theme here, I think, that matters beyond just the comedy of watching them dance in circles, trying to explain why they say it's false when this guy says it, but it's true when that guy says it, is that this is a tool or a weapon used to censor the views, not just of, say, the Dan Bonginos of the world, but of everyday people posting on Facebook and Twitter, too. And I wonder, in your research on this, so we know you've got countless examples of Mm -hmm. the fact checkers targeting views they don't like as a tool to get those sort of views removed from social media. We've seen recently, and of course we've seen countless examples through the year, the couple years now, the Biden administration of friendliness between the administration and the social media companies. In fact, there was a big court decision about that last week and that's ongoing. Have you seen examples of the administration and the fact checkers working together for that censorship effort? Is is that happening? So uh, actually, yeah, one of my favorite examples is um, one of the things they'll often do is sort of like preempt reality. So um, the, the way and, and kind of the people with an economics background know this, the way we've sort of defined a recession for God knows how many decades is when there's two quarters with this negative uh, economic growth. So if for a six month period, there's a decline in the economy, we say it's a recession. So fast forward back to last year, uh, we have the first quarter of the year, the economic numbers are negative. Second quarter is coming in, and it everyone kind of thinks they're going to be negative. So the White House knows the headline is going to be the economy falls into recession. So there was this campaign out of the White House, and they somehow got the fact checkers to go along with this, where they redefined what a recession was and, and tried to say, like, well, actually, you know, sure, we've used that definition for however many decades, but Technically speaking, we have to wait until the National Bureau of Economic Research says so, which actually is true, uh, to say when a recession is, because that is, technically speaking, the sort of final arbiter. But the, the point is, no one had called this definition into question beforehand. And what I showed in in that part of the book was every single fact checker I found that defended the White House had used the two quarters definition themselves in the past. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. and, and in they fact, all got the memo. So, and in fact, yeah. sometimes when debunking people saying we were or weren't in a recession, like, like for instance, um, Trump claimed falsely that there was a recession Obama's last year in office. So one of the fact checkers who defended Biden then with Trump said, no, well, that can't be true. There wasn't the six months of negative growth. So so there's the standards, really. It's all Calvin Bull. They're, they're made up as they go along. Uh, oh. But but sorry, but my, my point being was. They, they wanted to do that so that once this was reported, if any news outlet reported that there was a recession, they risk getting flagged and censored. So it, it, it forces the media to say either alleged or what some call a recession or what some, you know, people have formally described as a recession. But they forced people to change their own coverage because there would be consequences if you got fact checked. One of the things you identify here as well is um, is. Fact checks that they just don't bother doing. It's not just that they're carrying water for the administration in in that way where they're redefining terms or they're sort of uh, inventing new metrics to measure things. They're actually just ignoring not even uh, sort of uh, halfway true, whatever the terms Politica or PolitiFact uses on their mostly true, partly true, you know, just outright lies. Factually false things said at the White House podium by the likes of Corinne Jean-Pierre 
you've given several examples in the book. I've I've got five here. Um, nobody walking across the southern border. Zero percent inflation in <laughs> in July last summer. Uh, that's not quite accurate. Uh, several examples where these things, if said by any other president or president's press secretary, would surely be pants on fire spread all across social media to know that that person lied. Do you think that what's the intent here? Are they just well, uh, well, are they blind it, to it or it's it's you know the, the omissions on purpose and it's it's funny I remember when I first uh, discovered Politifact and I was I mean maybe fourteen years old or fifteen I mean, it was a while, quite a while ago and I remember reading like the reviews on the app on iTunes and a lot of them were saying things like you know it's great they take down all these Republican lies and stuff they're all anti-Republican and I'm like it's weird because they say they're a nonpartisan fact checker I wonder why that is and. It turns out, yeah, they do selectively go only fact check Republicans. So actually, in the beginning of the book, and proving that they are biased, that's how I, I, I initially show it is just how disproportionate it is and, and how they will time it with the news cycle. So, you know, when in back in 2015 and 16, when when, uh, you know, Trump and Ted Cruz were rising the polls and they were head to head, they would fact check Trump and Cruz uh, pretty much identically. Once Cruz started to fall in the polls, all of a sudden, 100 percent of their fact checks go towards Trump. So, so that, it, it, that would be an interesting yeah. uh, numerical study if you could correlate polling performance with percent fact checks. There, there's got to so, be a way to do that. I don't, I don't have it quite that much, but I do have back in the 2016 election. I have numbers for, for Trump and Cruz where I argue they did that. And then you, you know, you were saying, oh, you know, the, the omission. There was, I think it was like an eight month period where they didn't fact check Harris once claiming like, well, she's not as important figure to whatever. So I think I think my in fairness, was they had like, no idea what the hell she was talking about. It was yeah, impossible think, to fact check. I think I think my rebuttal was like I found some obscure person like Michelle Bachman. And AI found like, does stand for artificial intelligence, like 100, you know, something absurd yeah. over the same theory and where I'm going what the you know, I don't even remember who that is. So. So, yeah, that's another thing as well. Um, now, the obvious objection, you know, people would you could a liberal could give would be, well, they, they fact check Republicans more because the Republicans are lying more. Um, and, and, and even then, I, one of the things PolitiFact does is they will repeat fact check certain claims. So if Trump said something false, if he makes a certain similar version of that claim, they'll do a repeat fact check for him. But there have been times where, and I have an example in the book, where they refuse to fact check Biden on something on the basis that some other Democrat already said it years ago uh, yeah. and they fact check. Well, it. they had to so get to that 30,000 yeah. number for Trump. So I assume some of them are yeah. duplicates. So, so I, they, I went through me. I think someone else went through a sample of a couple hundred of their. their sorry, I should give some background. The Washington Post claims there's like a 30,000 false Trump statements. Yeah. But if you go through the list, like one of the statements was when Trump was, um, I think it was during his famous McDonald's summit when it, when it was remember during the government. Rings shutdown, a bell. Had, I can't really remember, but the, I mean, the he, government was shut there's down. There's a lot of Trump McDonald's moments. You know, they, <laughs> the, they the government was together. shut down. He had like NBA players. There was like, the iconic photo of him in front of like some table with McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And anyway, the, the point is one of the false statements was Trump saying of that dinner that if you stacked up all the hamburgers, they'd like reach that's the moon right. or something. So, yeah. so that's so the level the of back checking. Yeah. But, but yeah, but there, there was like countless examples where, Trump would have an inside joke that we would all get as a joke. He'd repeat it at 20 rallies, and then all of a sudden it's 20 lies in this in this um 
uh, you know, list of lies. So, yeah. so they were able to inflate it a lot that way. And the same person who did that list is not maintaining it for Biden. So a shocker. Uh, yeah, real my, shocker. My favorite Kareem Jean-Pierre line in here that I missed when I was first looking at it. Overturning Roe v. Wade was unconstitutional. <laughs> I, I must have missed that one. That's a good one. That's good. Anyway, uh, we are out of time, but uh, we appreciate your time, of course. That's our guest, Matt Palumbo. Uh, his new book is Fact-Checking the Fact-Checkers. You can find it uh, on Tuesday anywhere books are sold. Plus, uh, you can catch all the news assembled by Matt over at BonginoReport.com. You can follow him on Twitter. That's at Matt Palumbo 12, not to be confused with the other 11, I assume. Is there anywhere else people can find you? Uh, pretty much just there. I mean, I'm on all the other sites that no one posts to, but, you know, what's the point in advertising those? <laughs> well, uh, we try. I post there, right. too. You know. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Have a great night. Thanks, Matt. You too. again to our guest matt palumbo find the link to his new book fact checking the fact checkers in the description it releases on tuesday and we thank him for his time and his dedication to the craft uh we have a doozy of um an air quotes hoax hate if you're ready yeah oh i'm ready all right let's let's get into it Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Now, this one, I have no idea what to think. Let me be clear. I am not saying this guy faked getting his ass kicked Jesse Smollett style. I think that... No, he clearly got his ass kicked. Something bad happened to this man violently. Uh, so I'm I'm sure that criminal element is actually real. Uh, I think it's just a question of who did this and why. And there's a lot of complexity to that. And even some details that I think are being hidden for probably political reasons. So the story is this. In Coconut Grove, Florida, this is a neighborhood in southern Miami. As we'll get to, it's a particularly gay neighborhood in southern it's Miami. pretty gay. It's Have 4%. you been there before? No, I just did some demo research because I was like... If this is like Palm, not Palm Springs. Um, oh my God, help me out! The gayest place in Florida. Oh, I don't know Florida. I only know like uh, the Tenderloin Beach and stuff in San Francisco. Island, help me out, guys. Um, yeah, Florida's if, if not, it's, Florida's not my area. Not there that are San areas Francisco of is where either. But like, I have it. No, I'll be careful. I was about to say I have experience in San Francisco, and that's the wrong way to phrase it. Too. I'm just going to shut up. Carry on. Uh, there are places in Florida that are like forty to fifty percent gay. So this is 4% LGBTQ. That's gayer than Brown University. How are they possibly achieving that? I, I don't know. Anyway, okay, so a, a gay neighborhood in southern Miami. Uh, this guy's name is Gregory Breidenbach. He's an older gay man, and he Key was... West. Thank you. 
Ah, Key West is gay. Isn't that like yeah. way out there? Is that's one oh, yeah. of it, what is it? A gay island out there? It's it's really gay. Yeah. All right. I'll take your word for it. OK, <clears throat> so this older gay man is walking home from a hookah bar late last Saturday night, reportedly listening to music through his earbuds and doing some sort of dancing and or singing while he's walking along. And he was just jumped by several men who apparently yelled homophobic slurs while viciously beating him. Breidenbach suffered serious facial injuries and um, and had surgery this week as well. And here are pieces from several different local news reports that I put together. Was it my fault? Was something happened to me? What was I too flamboyant? Was I too happy? And then you think. No, it's, that's not it. That's not it. It's just, it's just there's bad, bad people out there. The attack happened on his way home from Oasis Lounge <laughs> on Douglas and Florida Avenue. I have taken this route thousands of times. I walk oh. everywhere. He blacked out quickly, but remembers two men calling him a derogatory term often used against people and the LGBTQ plus community. I knew I was punched, kept getting punched in the face, kicked in the back, and they just kept calling me Greg says the men only took a necklace he had with a crucifix, but they did not take his wallet. When the cops found me, they said that I was lying in the street um, and that I didn't have my clothes on. Greg says he won't let this attack ruin his positive spirit, but he feels recent rhetoric and even some recent legislation that he feels is anti-LGBTQ make him and others targets to violence. Unfortunately, it was such a brutal attack that I thought it was my responsibility to get out there and let other people know it's just not safe right now. As for the men who did this to him, it might not be on this world, but they will get their fair share for what they've done to me. So at this point, police have not made any arrests, but they are asking that if you were in this area around 1.30 Saturday morning or if you live in this area to call Miami-Dade Crime Stoppers. Oh, no description of the attackers. That's weird. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm. Uh, so I'm skeptical that this is simply a story of just, hey, that guy is gay. Let's get him. Seems like there's got to right. be some complicating or additional factors. Mm. Uh, as what do you, you know, mean, buddy? Well, first of all, the, the setting is just it's uh, it's very odd for someone who hates gays so much to be hanging out in, as you mentioned, what is apparently one of the gayest areas of Florida, I guess. It's to, in southern Miami. It's Coconut Grove. It's, to, it's super gay. To be yeah. devil's advocate, maybe if you really hate gays, you go there because that's the finest gay beating ground there is in the state. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Uh, but some other questions beyond just that. For example, why was this guy found naked? Yeah. Uh, you heard him in that piece say that I was found by police and I had no clothes on. Uh, and, and so he was either naked or nearly naked after the beating. These guys hate gays so much that they undress gays while they beat them. Apparently something like that seems kind of gay to me, but <laughs> maybe that is what happened. I don't know that this really has like a, a hate component to it, but that reporter, uh, in, in one of those stories said that, that the people who attacked him took his, his cross necklace and only that they didn't take his wallet. They didn't rob him of any other things. Maybe I suppose that's a point as a point for real anti-gay hate because they weren't interested in taking stuff from him, just kicking his ass. And maybe if they're really hate gay guys, they think that he's falsely bearing the cross or something like that. 
and they steal it. That's a deep cut. I don't think so. I think that they probably were just like idiots that forgot to look for his wallet and they wanted to get out. Why'd they take the necklace though? Because it's worth something. Hmm. My instinct was that this was Mexicans, but you tell me that it's not. Yes, uh, we do in fact have a description. Let me get to that point momentarily. It's white people, right? It's three three white men. Uh, Yes, on their way home from church. Uh, why why wasn't he taken to the hospital immediately though? That's that's one thing that is is very odd. Again, um, those injuries look quite real. He had surgery this week. He has significant damage. According to local NBC, though, police found him, dressed him, and took him home instead of taking him to the hospital. Why? It seems impossible that they would have simply ignored those serious injuries. Though perhaps someone more familiar with emergency response might be able to tell me why that might be the case maybe that's not his orbital bone was shattered seems odd to me that you would not seek medical attention immediately given the severity of the injuries there's of course the implied blaming of the politicians Um, the story and and the victim don't name ron desantis and florida republicans specifically but they say it's this environment of hostility uh that that uh has created these sorts of attacks when uh we're talking about passing bills to keep transgender and gay ideology out of the classroom or something like that. Not encouraging people to beat gay people on site, but that's what we're being told. Um, and and the, the biggest oddity about this story at all, as you mentioned, it doesn't seem like they're that serious about catching the guys who did this because they won't describe them. And when I say they, I really mean the reporters. In fairness to this this guy who was attacked, maybe he said it and they cut it? I don't know. But there are multiple sources. There are several local reports in Florida from all kinds of of, uh, news stations. They just say there's uh, different accounts. Two men jumped him. Uh, Some some reports say two men. This one in local uh, NBC, South Florida, Channel 6. He was attacked by three people and specifically three black men. And that is a description that is completely omitted from every other report except for a report from his friend. Uh, we also have this report from a friend of his on Facebook posted to the page of this uh, women's club that they all belong to. And this is her version of the story as of three days ago. Greg walked home near Virick Park with his earbuds on and uh, listening and singing his, uh, to his favorite music. When several black males viciously beat him unconscious, saying that he is an F word. And this is another part that's weird. The police (laughs) later found him in a completely different area away from this park that where the confrontation originally started. Completely different area. They found him lying in the street unresponsive. He apparently had been moved. Now, I Google mapped this before the show. Completely different area might sound. I think that's maybe a little bit of an exaggeration. According to Google Maps, it was it was a third of a mile. So a few blocks. That's a long way. He must have gone voluntarily. They didn't carry his unconscious body there. It would seem weird to kick a guy's ass and then say, well, quick, we got to hide the body. Let's choose in the middle of the street a third of a mile away. Right. So he must have been lying about where they met initially. Or was he in some kind of stupor and just stumbled that way and passed out? A third out? of a mile, that's not insignificant. That's like six blocks. So whatever's going on here, we have some description of the perpetrators that is being uh, omitted in pretty much every news story. And that is that that we have 
the race of the acute of the suspects and nobody wants to talk about that. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not a hate crime, but it does show us that there are, are forces in play that are here that are seeking to omit certain facts in order to either protect a certain group or per- perpetuate a certain perception of how this actually happened. I, I mean, I, it could be as simple as, I don't know. There's a super gay guy walking down the street being super gay at night. And there were three black guys who were like, let's get him. That's too gay for us. And they did it. I, I don't know. But maybe he was like, hey, fellas. Well, you had a couple theories. Yeah. You think uh, he got theory. he got too ambitious. You think that was possible? My initial. OK, so there's no denying somebody else besides him inflicted. the. They, they broke his orbital bone like these aren't self-inflicted wounds. It's not like a little scratch or whatever, like his face. He needs major reconstructive surgery and like plates put in his face. <laughs> they really fucked him up. <laughs> so this wasn't him. I don't think that this whole thing was like orchestrated by him. But it does kind of seem like a like a grinder thing gone wrong, maybe. Or like he tried to hit on some dudes when he was all wasted on his way home. Yeah. Or like three uh, black dudes that were like, no, man. You mentioned the prospect of gay prostitution gone wrong or something like maybe, that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he was doing some of that. Yeah. What if it's uh, definitely and, possible in, he could be either the prostitute or the John, which do you think he is? <laughs> I assume he's the prostitute because of the way he talks and looks. What if though he's the John and he said, why? Yes, I would like the services of you fine gentlemen and the services were provided. And they said, okay, uh, pay up. And he said, Nah, sorry. I, I'm just a humble man of modest means. And then they kicked his ass. The naked part doesn't jive. Like, I have no when you idea kick somebody's the... ass. We, okay, when you when you kill somebody in a car that's a pedestrian, sometimes their clothes fall off. Or when you find a body that's been floating in the ocean for a week. Yeah. These are the things. You, you don't, like, beat someone's face and then their pants come off. Like, I, I'm not the only thing close I can think of is sometimes when dudes fight, they rip their shirts off as like an aggressive thing. You ever seen that? OK, you, you are be, really you're reaching here. I doubt that this guy was like, OK, uh, I'm done singing my very gay song, dancing down the street. Now I'm all into this confrontation. I'm going to rip my shirt off to scrap with you guys. That doesn't seem like it would make any sense. Uh, the nakedness to me. I don't have a great explanation for, but it implies some sort of sexual scenario. I just, what else would it be if not that? Or maybe he was so intoxicated that he just, like whatever, whatever he's drinking or drugs he's doing or whatever at this hookah bar was so insane that somehow he ripped his own clothes off. Maybe he roofied himself. (laughs) We hadn't thought of that. Maybe he was trying to get them and he swapped the drinks accidentally. I don't know, man. Like, like, I can't help but think that this guy is probably at least partially responsible for this. There's there's some facts that we're missing here. They just I don't care if you this is as far as I can tell, this is like walking down, uh, you know, certain neighborhoods in San Francisco being like, I'm gay, you know. Hey, guys, I'm gay. As though anyone yeah. there is going to come beat your ass for that. My point is. His claim, was I being too flamboyant? Was I too happy? There's no such thing. You you would die of flamboyancy, if that's even a word, before anyone would attack you for being too flamboyant in this particular... Th- this is flamboyant city, USA. H- how could you possibly be too flamboyant? Yeah. I don't buy that explanation. Something else happened here. But Someone's I have no idea... Drug what... deal gone wrong? Maybe that's Yeah, it. but... <laughs> 
something like that. Somebody kicked his ass and they had a reason to kick his ass. I just don't buy that. It was uh, look at that gay man in this gay neighborhood. Let's get him on account of his gayness. Nah, didn't whatever happen. we're being told, though, I know is incorrect. All right. Any other thoughts before we get to the movie that uh, I well, I now I'm no longer guessing. Now I'm informed that you hate. No. Let's All right. Let's do it. <clears throat> In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 1998 Coen Brothers comedy The Big Lebowski in which an aimless L.A. loser and his friends get caught up in a complicated criminal scheme taking a violent hallucinogenic tour through an unraveling mystery only to return to the same bowling alley at which it all starts with Sam Elliott's smooth cowboy voice telling us there's some sort of meaning in all of it. From movie pickers Jamie and Jeannie, a blend of quirky characters, clever dialogue, and unconventional narrative structure embodies the offbeat sensibilities of the Coen brothers. Other notable films from them include Fargo, Raising Arizona, and Blood Simple. Of course, uh, Jamie and Jeannie submitted their AI art this week as well. And uh, I hate this. <laughs> I, I'm just duplicated, I guess. But I, it, I, the thing I appreciate about in this scenario is I get to tell Blonde to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Blonde. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which which version of me do you prefer? Do you like me Ugh. as Walter or me as the dude? I don't know. I guess the dude. I hate this. I hate it. Or, or hate do it. you want to be either one of them? Do you like no. being um, Donnie? No, I no. Ugh. I think you got a better draw this week. The AI, the AI's presentation of you last week was rougher. This one, I think, is a little more fair. You agree? I do have like a Steve Buscemi quality, though. <laughs> it might just be because I have really bad dark circles, just like Steve Buscemi. So. Well, uh, you've already kind of given it away, but to be honest, that doesn't surprise me. I um, I predicted in my head. I thought this is a movie that you would hate. Yeah, I mean, okay, all right. Let me start by saying I I love the Coen Brothers. I do. Um, but they are wildly hit or miss, and I think part of that is that they release so many movies like if you look at their filmography the the amount of stuff they've done is just incredible like they've made too many movies okay which means that some of them uh suck ass this wasn't a serious man or no country for old men we watched that right uh yes yeah we watched fargo no country for old men oh brother they also did too yeah uh, inside lou and davis like they've made excellent movies and this is not those movies this is the big lebowski um, and it pisses me off that this is the most famous Coen Brothers movie because it has like memorable one-liners and, and these iconic characters. The characters are weirdly superficial and exaggerated and just generally like stylistically, this movie has a bunch of stuff that I, I hate in every movie. Like I hate unconventional narrative and story structures. I hate dream and hallucination sequences. Um, and then I hate hate like, stereotypical characters that don't have a a real arc like none of these characters had more than what you were expecting really even the dude so i, I watch it again today thinking that like well maybe i'm being unfair because i love the coen brothers um uh, but i just i just fucking hate this movie I, I gave it a two out of five 
And honestly, I think I'm being generous. Like, why does this have to be the movie that everybody knows from the Coen brothers? Like you forgot this one. The, I'm curious about your grade for what's her face's tease. You forgot that. Part. I don't know. Julianne Moore is really unattractive, but her boobs fared better. Ah, and I, so, I hate her character too, though. I just, I just, I just hate this movie so much. I, I'm sorry. I know everyone loves this movie and I'm not just hating on it because everyone loves it. I've, I've actually always hated this movie from the first time I saw it. I was like, absolutely not. And it's missed, never changed. What do you predict about my reception of it? I don't know. I kind of think you like it. Hmm. Uh, this, uh, we actually have similar perception of this in some ways. This movie, um, I've I've talked before. Like I think of um, what's the Tarantino movie that Buscemi's in, um, that we've watched uh, that has the nonsensical name. God damn it! Um, I'll think of it later. That Tarantino movie uh, is a movie that I want to like but couldn't. This movie is the exact opposite. This is a movie that as I'm watching it, I'm thinking. I should hate this because this sucks, but I kind of like it for a weird reason that doesn't even make sense to me. I guess to summarize it, it demonstrates in useful ways how not to be and how not to live. And that's why I appreciate it. In addition to some of its uh, reservoir dogs, reservoir dogs. That's exactly it. Thank you. Uh, I hated that movie. That's an example of a movie where I like Tarantino generally. I'm trying to like this movie and I just can't get into it. This is a movie where I'm thinking in my head, I should hate this, but I'm finding enjoyment in it. It, Dare I say even some philosophical value, which may sound insane, but let me try to explain things. I like Walter's entire character, a plus not just in, in sort of the mannerisms and the style, but I love this theme of a guy who's way too uptight about the rules in that way. Because it, 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 at least in the way it fits in in current context, it's like, all right, yeah, I get it. It's just bowling. He's freaking out about bowling. You probably shouldn't point a gun at a person's face and all of that. It's not that important. But we're seeing the consequences and the faults of being way too relaxed with the rules in every yeah. other context. And it's like, I just appreciate a guy who's a, I want people who are a little too uptight. Like, let's let's get a little bit rigid about some of the rules of the world for once. I I, I love that, at least at this point in my life and in the kind of the current uh, social context. It's like if you have to choose between someone who is too strict with their adherence to the rules of the world and someone who's too loose with embracing chaos and meaninglessness, give me the rule follower. And I don't mean like political rules. I don't mean like, that sign says no skateboarding and he skateboarded there once. Although you should respect people's property. I mean, like the stuff we were talking about earlier, like men and men are men, women are women. The laws of gravity apply. You don't get to invent your own entire world type nonsense. Likewise, this whole movie was kind of a great demonstration of why you don't want to be a nihilist, why you not only should seek and find purpose, but at some level you have to, it's, it's, yeah, this movie was very overt about it. Like, Oh, they're, these are the nihilist people. They don't believe in anything. They just kind of spell it out for you. Um, but I'll have to get some nihilist, def- uh, apologist to explain it to me because even in concept, I don't even buy nihilism as a philosophy. It's like, if you didn't believe in purpose and value to your life, you wouldn't get up every day to philosophize about this stupid bullshit. The, yeah. To, to believe there's value in that thought process is to accept some sort of purpose for your life. And 
all of that. So, um, the, I, I thought it was a, a, the way that Walter explains, well, you know, you could say what you want about the Nazis, but at least they believed in something. And that's supposed to be kind of a joke. Um, but it's also it's very true. true. <laughs> you, you, you do have to believe in something. And I don't believe the people who say that they don't to the extent they carry on living every single day. My only disagreement with Walter is he dismisses the nihilists. Oh, don't worry, Donnie. They're nihilists. They're, uh, they're nothing to be afraid of. Quite the contrary. Uh, these people who believe in, in moral subjectivity and, uh, and in no meaning and purposelessness in, in philosophical theory, they wouldn't necessarily see a problem with killing you outright. That's a danger, but that's not the major danger. The, the major danger is how they treat themselves. When you deny purpose and meaning to life, you really, the only value that, that tends to be the most important is whether the individual consents. Oh yeah, sure. I wasted my life with drugs, alcohol, um, a bunch of meaningless sex, a bunch of other vices, but it's fine because I consented to all of that. Well, no, your life has meaning and purpose to pursue something of value that was failed. Uh, you should aim higher. That And when everybody does that, when everybody in, embraces that meaninglessness and that degeneracy, society crumbles. That's the danger. That's why you have to be afraid of them, Walter. But uh, he might agree to that premise. I don't know. Um, the, the main reason I say I, I should hate this movie, but I don't, is because it's kind of this great illustration of, of not confusing complexity for importance. The reason I should hate this is because this is a story that navigates an incredibly complex mystery that unravels only to return these guys to effectively the same state that they started at. They're still bowling right, yeah. at their stupid bowling alley, <clears throat> talking about bullshit and being too uptight about it in some cases. Um, but that's why I like it when I think about it. It's like, yeah, what happens when you allow your... These guys are... are, are purposeless losers largely the dude is just some aging hippie who has you know a, some rundown apartment he lives in or whatever you have um for as tough as walter kind of presents himself he's taking care of his ex-wife's dog while she yeah. goes and bangs some it's other like dude in hawaii pussy, yeah. and and uh donnie just exists to be told to shut the fuck up and that's mm -hmm. about it and and when you live your life in that aimless purpose-free way you just kind of drift through it. All of these distractions and complexities fall upon you, create chaos. You don't even really know why you struggle to navigate them. And then you return to the same spot thinking, what the fuck am I doing? What was the point of any of that? There isn't a point, And that's why you shouldn't think that these complex things like that are important. The most important things are very simple. Uh, find a wife, build a family, create purpose in that way. Everything else is noise and a distraction. I should hate this movie for its noise and distraction, but I, I like the subtle way in which it told me, like, don't live this life. Don't live a life of aimlessness only to be taken in by a bunch of uh, absurd, nonsensical, distracting forces in the world. Build something better. Don't participate in that. If that makes sense. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm like one of the dude's dreams and it's total nonsense. Um, I have to credit as I did the European man bit because I, I love that. Uh, I love that bit. Uh, you didn't pick up on the one thing I thought you might though. Uh, you can in fact acquire a human tell when, when Walter yes. is saying, Hey, that toe proves nothing. Give me, I can get you a toe by three o'clock. Whether you want, uh, whether you want nail polish on it or not. I thought, yeah, that's could true. Literally do that for anybody right now. It's like, I, an I, got, eyeball. I got a number. I, he's right. I got a number. And then uh, I was wondering, maybe someone could clarify this for me. The whole shut up Donnie bit. It was that, 
influential or like you watch Family Guy or have you? I've seen it. Okay, so you know the recurring shut up Meg bit. Peter's Mm -hmm. always telling Meg to shut up in various ways. Was that borrowed from this movie? It's they're very similar. Just a recurring bit of telling Donnie to shut up, telling tell Meg to shut up. They came out at about the same time. This movie's 1998 and Family Guy debuted in 99 just seemed like this so very similar gag and i wonder like did did was this sort of explicitly or purposefully borrowed but i I didn't see anything recognizing that or acknowledging that so maybe i just maybe they're not, not connected super original gag. So. i guess stuff i didn't like i agree dream sequence stuff uh i know people think it's like artsy uh you know there's all kinds of look at all the talented dancers and the weird uh you know camera angles and stuff to me, it's just hippie bullshit that wastes time. Uh, that doesn't do much for me. Uh, pretty much all of Maud, what's her face's character? I already forgot her name. Um, it was Maud. And another character that's just kind of weird for weird sake. And she kind of has this moment where she um, it, it, she's trying to conceive through the dude and explaining like, well, I want you know motherhood, but I don't want uh, to have any social interaction with the child's father because of reasons X, Y, and Z. There's kind of a another nihilism versus purpose theme there that even she despite all of her seeming you know feminist embraces and and sort of her unorthodox way of navigating the world that even she has to succumb to the reality that that all women are going to seek and need that that uh that that motherhood experience but to me the nihilism versus purpose stuff was demonstrated better in other ways so Mm -hmm. i her character really did nothing for me I thought there wasn't enough Buscemi. You know, he's like uh, the cowbell in Blue Oyster Cult. More Buscemi. Yeah. He, he's, I get the bit is he's kind of meaningless and he's just told to shut up and then, and then he dies. And that's another part of their kind of chaotic journey to nowhere is like, yeah, you guys. He has a heart attack, right? Yeah, he just has a heart attack. And that's sort of the point. Like you guys navigated this chaos to get right back where you were, except one of your friends is dead now. So enjoy. Um, but I Buscemi comedy almost always lands for me. So watching this, I'm thinking, damn, sorry, I needed more Buscemi. Um, and then uh, you tell me you're a fan of the Coen brothers. And I really have only seen what we've watched in this bit. We've seen Fargo, No Country, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And this, uh, it, there, there are recurring themes here. All right. Like crimes committed for large sums of money. Mm, confusion yeah. and twists with who's actually behind the crime um, nihilism sometimes even for the sake seemingly of criticizing nihilism mm-hmm. I'm not going to stand here and tell you like that's too formulaic I am a man of formula All right. another word for formula is consistency and consistency I think is key in pretty much every profession movie making included but I guess my worry about this are they kind of making the same story and just plugging in different characters or plugging in different settings? No, I think their story structure and character arcs are like wildly hmm. inventive. Like they just released a movie called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and it was like no Coen Brothers movie that I've seen. It's not like a Wes Anderson movie where you're watching it and you're like, this is Wes Anderson. Um, I think that they have like a wider artistic range than most filmmakers, which is one of the reasons that I just hate this movie. Hmm. I, I just hate it. I'm not saying this that they suck for that reason. I'm just saying I'm starting to notice it, and I, as we watch more Coen Brothers, if we do, I've kind of got my my eyes trained for that. Uh, but maybe there's next definitely time. some of that. They're thematic, but like most directors and artists, they don't understand what makes their 
really standout works good. And so mm. they, they have trouble kind of repeating it, you know? This movie, like last week, is really in like the three and a half territory for me, but half wikis round up, so it gets another four wiki rating. Wiki, 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 wiki. Mm, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. There's good writing. I thought Goodman's performance is A plus, and um, there's more philosophical value in it than I expected. So, uh, high, decently high marks from me. As far as the uh, early audience vote. Uh, people are generally of the same persuasion. We got uh, almost half of people voting for four wikis and about a third of people voting for five wikis in their assessment. Very few low marks for it. Next week, uh, Beetlejuice. 80s classic Beetlejuice. I don't think I've ever seen it. (gasps) Really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember. If I've seen it, it's a long time ago. And, of course, we have a special movie list this week. Because it's a it's a five Sunday month. So you are up with your choices for documentaries. We've not done any documentaries in the history of the bit. Um, I want everybody to know that I put Europa, the last battle on this list until we found out that it has been scrubbed from the Internet. Also, it's 12 hours long. Full disclosure, I did. uh, I tried to find it in good faith. I'm not Mm. trying to restrict that or something or say we yeah, can't watch that scrubbed it good i can't even find it on youtube if someone knows where to watch it you can send it my way i i can't 12 hours find though it. well I, and that's I the can't. other problem if it's 12 hours i mean you know there are only so and many. i couldn't bring myself to put the greatest story never told on here i just i just couldn't do it i don't know why the nominees are you'll have to get your german fixed through pumping iron that's where you can find it uh, touching the void, which I have seen that story is crazy, but I will, I would gladly watch that again. If people want to the last waltz, um, grizzly man. I only know the general idea of that one, but that also is probably something I would enjoy. Or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie. Instead. I'm not saying anything about rejecting the list. <laughs> We're just going to, none of those movies are super obscure. Right. All right. No, I, um, I've heard of at least two of them. Anyway, uh, as a reminder, if you would like to read my movie reviews, tell me how wrong I am. Uh, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month or anything else movie related. The one and only place to do it is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is Matt and that'll do it. We'll get uh, back to your chats before we call it a night. Um, we are good on Rumble, I believe. Let me double check here. Uh, what's? F- I think I have. I've had some. I may have had some Rumble chats disappear because on refresh Uh-oh. it took some of them away. If I miss your chat on Rumble, my apology. And uh, you can email me. And and if I did miss it, I'm happy to offer a refund to you. It just looks like it's having some trouble at the moment, but. I'll let you know if they come back through Uh, over on Odyssey. Rowdy dude says. N word big shot quote Joe Biden. Did when did Joe Biden ever say N word big shot? I don't know, but I'm not doubting it. Although I feel like we would have pulled it for a sounder by now. I've that's news to me. If he said it, I know he has said it in Congress. Even maybe that's the context. There was some, he said it in the judiciary committee once. Maybe that's what it was from. 
Uh, Schindler's Fist says future present. <laughs> what? Schindler's Fist? F- future future present or president, maybe he means. Nick Fuentes is doing a rally right now. Any serious conservative should at least watch it tomorrow on Telegram or on Cozy TV Replay. I'd love to hear um, someone like Matt's thoughts on it. Well, uh, I, I'm happy to check it out. And um, Mr. Fist, if you would like to discuss it uh, at some point, of course, we're well, you're, you're welcome to do that with me and we can, uh, we can get into it there. Um, we're good on Odyssey and thank you to both of you guys. Good on D live. So, uh, YouTube and tippy it is. Sure. Not going you back. Um, Robin D banks and I once made love in an adventurous location. Banksy. Ugh, I'm going to throw up. Did you find a condom full of a white substance that I lost? No, not that one. A different one. I, oh, oh my God. Why? Well, it's not my concern. Really testing blonde. Ugh, I thought my morning sickness was done because I'm out of the first trimester. And it's been a rough day. Robin D. Banks. Hashtag not your mule at Knuckle Hunky Buck. The most adventurous place you've ever wanted to do it is the backseat of a VW Beetle. Also, why are you putting your Coke into condoms? That's not what they're for. Ugh. Jesus. Ah. Uh. Uh, the back and forth romance between uh, Hunky Buck and Robin continues. Laurel, I woke up uh, to a tornado warning on my phone at 7.30 a.m. in New Hampshire. Flood warnings all day telling us roads are washed out in various locations. Summer weather usually doesn't get this bad out here. It's either wow. uh, global warming or God's vengeance. And hmm. I think it's God's vengeance. Uh, Godspeed, Laurel. I'm sorry to hear about that. And I, I'd seen the news in Vermont. And of course, I guess you're probably downstream from all the stuff going on there, but uh, I hope all the best for you. Me too, Laurel. Um, Metal rules. This world's getting so woke, I would not be surprised if the company that owns the Call of Duty franchise might change its name to Call of Diversity Microaggression. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not far. Do they already made Call of Diversity with the black chick Nazis like five years ago or whenever that was? Uh, But I I won't be surprised if they get more explicit. You're probably right. Phil says the way Pence and the rest of these dog shit Republicans answers questions. It's almost like they aren't even trying to work for their voters. Bad takes the whole way down. The whole party needs to be nuked. I know that's, it was just like this old world conservative thing, remnants of a past when people used to trust. They're still talking to us. Like we trust the government. And it yeah, it's, it's, off. it's a weird combination. Cause there's that there's kind of that old leftover, uh, faith in institutions premise, I suppose, is what you're saying, in combination with the embracing of bizarre new nonsense ideas, like in the context of the transgenderism. It, like, it's a yeah. weird combo. It's a weird. Uh, right. It's just a weird combination of thoughts or themes that don't really fit together. And people hate both of them individually. They certainly, I think, hate, hate them, them together, together yeah. even more. <laughs> uh, uh, Boogeyman917 says, the dude abides. Thank you for that. Air, uh, epic uh, yeah. bonkers. Between dumpster guns and cocaine, I'm expecting one heck of a blowout soon. <laughs> uh, this this being the, uh, the Biden. Uh, well, <laughs> never forget too Biden's dumpster gun. The context, if I understand correctly, is that his dead brother's ex-wife with whom he had a relationship is the one who threw it in a dumpster. So he's. Am I understanding it correctly? He, he he's he's in bed with his dead brother's wife. And somehow she has a gun dispute with him and throws his gun away. That's how this happened. How does he get all these women to sleep with him? I don't know. I guess he's objectively attractive. Maybe that's it. Well, maybe Um, with the new teeth, but before that, my God. 
Waltermelon Blonde, when are you going to do a video on the OnlyFans to Tradwife Pipeline? It's an epidemic no one's talking about. I'm unfamiliar with this. Is that real? I I know about the Tradwife to OnlyFans Pipeline with like Ashton Birdie heading it. So I follow her Instagram and she has like reels for her OnlyFans. And it is, she's like serious. Like she's doing like serious, like Dom sub porn now. I thought uh, I thought it was started as a joke. Apparently, not much of a joke. I mean, I've never looked at her actual OnlyFans, but like I assume that this is real because she's reeling about it on Instagram all the time. Hmm. Uh, I ah. I was thinking of this in the reverse, though. You're right. When I when I when you first read this, I was thinking trad wife to OnlyFans. This is talking about only. This is talking about engaging only in the degeneracy. I guess realizing the error. If you want to be charitable, realizing the error of your ways and coming around. However, to your point of criticism on the uh, trad wife environment, to what extent is this the genuine upholding of certain values or is it just a show for kind of the same purposes? Now, I'm not saying being a trad wife with cleavage is the exact same thing as OnlyFans, but if you're doing it... It's, <clears throat> excuse it's me. female self-promotion. Like all of this, what I do, what everyone does is female self-promotion. Hmm. Find me an internet woman that doesn't do this. Brian Proctor, what's up, dude? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, my, I'm losing my voice. Hello, Brian. Hi, Brian. Uh, chicken fried monkey. How do I donate to the dual baby showers and can I get it? It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. Um, I'm not uh, doing a baby shower. Are you? You're not a baby, uh, a baby shower person? A baby shower. This is an unpopular opinion, but a baby it's shower is for your law, first. against the law, ho. Fuck you. It's go. for your first baby only. First baby. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I've never heard that. But I have something horrendous uh, gunking up my voice right now. So You cannot lose your voice because then it closes the option for me to throw up. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Chicken Fried Monkey. General Grievance, big shout out to Nashville and Bowling Green Bros who made it for the MIP. We love you. You're very special. You are very special. Look at you. I'm, I'm glad food. you guys had a good time and um, make whatever jokes about my throat clearing. We love you. you. You're very special. Das Pooch. It's a shame the chatter a bunch of figs going wild card already. Oh, come on. Because the last waltz is a fantastic, is fantastic. And Grizzly Man is hilarious. Come on, guys. Pick one. Um, Grizzly Man is really funny. I've never thought it was funnier that a person... Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to blow it. I mean, I know, I know the concept, but is the comedy just that uh, the death is ironic, or is there something more to it's it? It's so ironic. Like he's the stupid naturalist, but actually he's just a narcissist, and then he gets one hundred percent what's coming to him. It's so funny. How often in life does that actually happen? That somebody truly gets what they deserve. Uh. <laughs> I, I have to see the movie to know if he deserved it. But I guess if he was willing to take the grisly risk, you uh, you might realize that risk. Uh, Dresky, here's a scary thought. Sheila, uh, Sheila Jackson Lee is now running to be mayor of Houston. Beetlejuice 2.0. I'm 100% sure the Matrix is broken now. Is that so? Why? I wonder why she would do that. Because uh, she doesn't have term limits or anything. Why wouldn't she hang on to her seat in Congress? I don't know. That'll be interesting to see her with uh, a local law enforcement leader, leadership position. We'll see how that uh, pans out. Son of the wolf. Harris has probably been scraped more times than a fisherman's knuckle. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Let me read a few of these. I'm, all right. 
Drewski. Oh, Drewski, we got. Uh, thank you, son of the wolf. Chubby Stubby says Pence was trying to be a tough guy because everyone knows he's a wussy, but instead he came off as even more of a feminine hygiene product than usual. It was a weirdly. Um, I mean, Pence is kind of a, a stiff guy, just presentational. He, he's just he. Yeah, he's not um, the most charismatic or personable dude. But it did seem like in this case, beyond even what he was saying, uh, he was just. I wouldn't say that he was hostile, but it was like a, and he came off as like annoyed, bothered, kind of angry, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It just, he just didn't seem like he was enjoying himself, but uh, I suppose he probably was not. Uh, Trav to the world says, Tucker first says, tanks for Ukraine are your concern. Then asks, where's your concern for the U S Pence responds. That's not my concern. Clearly, he was responding to the first part. Bad soundbite, though. I agree that um, that that's what he meant, uh, yeah, and I, I I definitely agree that it's a it was a horrible way of explaining it. If you wanted to be ultra critical, I think what you'd say is, yeah, uh, the second part that Tucker said, the the last reference to his concern that he heard was, "Where's the concern for the U.S.?" and his response to that question directly was, so, I can say, "Yeah, that's not my concern." I yeah. I gather that's not what he meant, but man, is that uh, it's a bad soundbite for sure. And it was doubled down on in the moment, which is rough. Isaac Isaac Bull says, "Holy moly, blonde is hot AF." Okay, I'm wow. 35 and I'm pregnant, so I'm like doubly. Come on, man! So you need to go find yourself some 20 year old to simp on, Isaac. You also sent this twice, so we can send back some of that money. If that was uh, unintentional, Isaac, you can get in touch with me and I can uh, arrange for a refund for you. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. Kyle Wilkie says, Matt and I once made love under the shades of the beards. No, sorry. Under the shade of the beards of the finely bearded men in Nashville. He screamed out, not the bonus hole, only to look back and see the other brother. Uh, okay. I guess what I just have to say to you is, are you gay? Thank you, Kyle. I, I'm glad you guys, uh, well, I if you were a part of the Bearded Club, I don't know if you were, or just a beard appreciator. Oil King says, uh, Matt, want to play tag? Don't forget you uh, bag before that. Oh, God, this is, you're giving me this a tongue guy. twister. Let's try again. Matt, want to play tag? Don't forget you bag before that hag who is a pig with a wig and a total fig that needs to be. I, I feel like I'm walking into a trap, so I have to be careful. Needs to be tig. Grab your bag. That hag makes me gag. Matt, yag, yag, yag. I tooted. I thought he was just trying to trick me into saying the n word or something. I thought that's where that no, was see, going. Seems above board. Yeah. Uh, James Harrelson says, I wonder if Joe would nibble on his seventh grandchild that same way. Oh, I, I, oh yeah. my God. Why are all these so disgusting? Well, the good news is the seventh grandchild is not acknowledged. So there's no way that he would uh, indulge in That's that way. A Bell on B had a little thing about that today. Ah, Shaniqua stunning and brave says gaff is, is a euphemism used by journalists for when elites accidentally reveal the truth. Also, Matt and I once made love and I. <laughs> okay. I, I get man. You know, families watch this show. My parents watch this show. Matt and I once made love and I gaffed on his face, but that wasn't an accident. Okay. You're acting queer. Thank you for your gestures and the truth. Just like Kamala Harris. 
Swag McFresh, hear me out. Call Blonde Soap Uncle A L M N L M O N D. Uncle Almond. Or it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to be oat and almond. I kind of like that one. That's a little softer. I like it too. <laughs> a future for oat and almond. Or almench. Or Europa soap. Uber soap. I like that one. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? Oh, no, Uber soap. Oh, that's the second Uber one. Soap. Uber soap. Europa soap is too close to rope. Soap on a rope. Yeah. Yeah. Oat. Oat pride almond wide. Okay. Hero soap is like dummy a real solid here. I can't go full Nazi. I mean, Why the not? cookie smelling soap was the way to do this. Why not Heil oat? Something like that. <laughs> I like the thoughts here. Bill Biz said, uh, uh, says, would you be a better protector or who would be a better protector of traditional Western values, Putin or Zelensky? The answer Obviously is fairly Putin obvious. Who would, who would ever say Zelensky? You know, truthfully, I don't know much about Zelensky's value structure other than, uh, he certainly likes the American dollar a lot. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I'm not a member of the Putin fan club, so I, I hesitate to say that he would be of benefit for any obvious reasons. Uh, and Putin, I mean, I guess that's the distinction you're making. Traditional Western values. Putin, of course, would consider himself an enemy of the West now, but not for maybe traditional reasons. I don't think that. Uh, yeah, I don't think he hates us because um, we adhere to traditional values too strictly. I think he's probably against us for other reasons. I mean, I to to answer the question, I would be inclined to say Putin, but I don't know anything about Zelensky other than he certainly likes my buck. Yeah. And I wish uh, he would have his fill. Oil King says my <laughs> here we go again. My oil will boil with an electric coil. Doyle set the oven to broil for I am the oil king. Matt, this should help you get a. A jaw exercise a bit get that neck popping yeah that's what this was all about it was even he's getting into the Do you feel all warmed up jeez man thank you ready for robin d banks phil says additionally the dot indian talking like he's based won't save us either he's just another grifter trying to exploit a naive and desperate electorate his only goal is import more of his uh co-ethnics and speed up the destruction of our homeland i didn't totally. listen to as much of what uh vivek uh, I, can't, I can't even say his last name um, people say he performed decently well. I didn't listen to his segment, uh, at least in full. I did see the clip where he was claiming that Biden uh, and the White House have a secret plan that they're going to unveil when he becomes the nominee. It was um, I'm sure he had better things to say than that. That wasn't the totality of what he said, but it was a weird, seemingly kind of delusional take. Like, yeah, yes, the, the DNC is deathly afraid of you, man. The guy who. Mm. I mean, I, there are a lot of candidates who have no chance. He's not unique in that, but it was a weirdly confident position about not only is he going to win, but there's already a plot against him in anticipation of that victory was the premise. Whatever. Uh, thank you, Phil. Oh, you know what time it is. <laughs> Def Vent said, I would like to be the first to suggest this year's dynamic duo Halloween costume, Barbie versus Oppenheimer. Yeah, it is about time to start thinking about that. I I got to figure out a way to to be that little kid's Hitler drawing. That's what I want to do. We need a, that kid's Hitler drawing and a similarly stylized drawing of Ava Braun. 
I don't think it would be that hard. But the, the only difficulty is you got to wear the mask the whole episode. And then sound wise, that's not going to work. Didn't we do some kind of mask thing at one point? You just wore it in the beginning. Uh, maybe. Maybe you just, yeah, you just wear the mask at the start. Uh, but then that kind of defeats the point. Oh, oh my God. Anyway. Fireson says the only reason I got the vax was to join the Marines. I was in boot camp at the time and the decision was get it and finish or don't and wait for months to leave. Yeah. There were all kinds of, of scenarios like that, that are completely unfair. Um, if you're already through part of a military training program, I think of people who let's say that you've completed all your necessary years of schooling to become a doctor or a lawyer. And not only have you invested years of your time into that, but you're now potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to achieve that profession, to get you out of the debt. And all of a sudden they're putting this bullshit vaccine obstacle in front of you. Um, Sucks. Yeah. Those are obviously circumstances in which people were coerced. Uh, I mean, all the coercion was unjustified. But in a situation like that, I, I understand why people would make the choices that they do. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, and there should be justice against the people who impose that kind of nonsense. Of course, of course. Semper Ad Meliora says, before when a kid wanted to cut or mutilate themselves, doctors would try to convince them not to. Now so-called doctors tell the kid, cool, we'll do it we'll for do it. you. And then they send the parents a bill. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Ryan Haas. Just wanted to say hi. We'll probably have to catch the replay, but your show's just so enjoyable. Even the call-in show, lol. Okay. Thanks for the stellar commitment to building this community. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it very much, even if you're uh, far too kind in your praise. I don't want to hear any Trent- more of these lies. <laughs> Trent Lothran. A mass shooter in Georgia shot four white people. No mention of race, but the shooter wasn't white. If it had been the opposite, yeah, we we never hear the end of it. I heard about that uh, on the radio <sighs> today. He apparently drove to four separate places, if I understood correctly. Driving around for a while, just shooting people. That's this knuckle hunky box one. It's a deep cut. We read it. Okay, let me. Uh, I want to make sure I don't botch it because these are usually quality. The only AI generated porn of Matt is technically referred to. Yeah as shallow fake porn. Sorry, Matt, but we all know you ain't big enough for the deep fake. Well, all right. All right. That's, that's thoughtful. That's thoughtful. I'll give you that. Uh, Humble radish farmer says, uh, hi, Matt and blonde, longtime listener, first time supporter. You are awesome. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you for your support for the show as well. And, uh, I am not going to be niggardly. All the best with your radishes. Citizen seven says from gays against groomers, groomers on Twitter, quote, if genitals don't define gender, then how does removing them affirm it? Absolutely spot on. And congrats to both of you. Glad the stork will be paying you both a visit soon. Well, thank you for that soon. Um, God, we're not due forever. End of the year. Yeah, this is 2020 next year. I'm not for you. It's almost certainly year. a 2024 prospect. Yeah. Uh, what's your due date against it? Like sometime in mid January 25th, late January. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah, um, it is weird how genitals are irrelevant uh, unless, <laughs> like the natural genitals are irrelevant. It's only the altered ones that count. That, that count, yeah. Uh, let's see. Trent uh, Loth, Lothar, how do I pronounce Lothar- this? Lothar- 
Lotharin. Sorry about that. I'm sure I'm getting it wrong. Vivek uh, supports massive merit-based immigration. The effect of this is to create a permanent underclass of underskilled Americans. He should focus on tech training programs for our own citizens. I'll have to listen to um, what he had to say. I don't know what his exact plan is on that, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, And uh, thank you for supporting the show. Xander says, Matt, you've either banned me from voting or there is a glitch. I haven't been able to vote for anything for the last three weeks. Keep saying I've already voted. Well, there is an IP protection on the vote because we have had attempts to fortify the vote in the past. So um, if you are if it's saying that you've already voted, it's detecting that from your IP. Now, I'm not tech savvy enough to know exactly what you could do, what, like why that would happen or what you could do to um get a fresh vote. I would say um, if you're able to vote on your phone, that should probably not connected to your home network or your work network or whatever network you're using when it says that you're, you've already voted, try your phone on a cell connection and that should probably uh, work. And uh, let me know if you have more issues with it. And thanks for supporting the show. Oil King. Here we go again. Sana Bonbon is awesome. Adam Conover has a bad take with uh, Hassan Piker on the writer and actor union strike. Yag, yag, yag. I too, man, I don't even, the actor strike thing and the writer strike. Don't get me wrong. I like entertainment just like anybody else. What um, do they want? More but I, I, I could not give a shit about that dispute. They give a shit. Cause they're not going to wrap up 1923. Yeah, that sucks. But if these people think that they're going to get a bunch of sympathy from everyday Americans, I know they got the actors supporting them now. Like <laughs> when I was seeing that, it's like um, they had, like SAG has joined them. And all I could think of was Team America from a few weeks ago. It's like, oh, Alec Baldwin from FAG is on the case and he's out there, uh, you know, trying to prop up these writers and the rest of them. Um, and and now uh, now the actors themselves are striking, too. But no, Ron Perlman, please. Uh, didn't he issue some kind of threat on Twitter or something? Like he he made some insane post threatening yeah. someone. Yeah, I wasn't listening because I was just thinking about how ugly he is. You know, I can say this because it's not racist. Ron Perlman is one of the most ape looking people I've ever seen in my life. That it's guy. Semitic. <laughs> oh, is it? I was going to say he looks like an albino gorilla and that's not racist. But now uh, I oh, guess. Oh, no, it, wait. Ape wasn't in in that Jewish phenotype breakdown. I'm wrong. Oh, well. They're not simian featured. I was just trying to say he genuinely looks like a gorilla man. That's all I meant. He does, yeah. And I can say that because that's not racist. Uh, Chubby Stubby. uh, Actually, uh, Ooga Booga Lou, my... uh, My apology, I went too far there. Matt and I once made love. I enjoyed... (laughs) Come on. Oh, this is a... uh, a, uh, Okay. Matt and I once made love. I enjoyed our little romp. Oh, God. But he seemed really upset about the uh, mess I left on his rug. At least that's a a big game, man. That's a timely reference. Thank you for that. Chubby Stubby says old flamer had a bad trip, hence being naked uh, and just can't remember any of it. So he made an excuse about being jumped. I mean, it must have been a hell of a trip if he like, how did he get his face that screwed up? Did he when you say trip, I assume Oh, yeah, he says X trip. So like a, you're talking about a drug experience. But to get his face that messed up, he would have had to physically trip and hit his face on something in a very violent fashion. I suppose it, it could be possible. 
But uh, I, I think we've seen variations of alleged hate crimes like that before, unless I'm mistaken. I should look up past examples. I, I swear we've talked about something like that before, though, so you might be right. Knuckle Hunky Buck says, every time I've gotten the shit kicked out of me, they've used a slur that's commonly used against members of the LGBT community. <laughs> it's a common yeah. term to use against a stranger that you're kicking. That's true, too. I mean, I have seen guys fight and call each other that word when um, homosexuality is not, in fact, a component of the dispute. It's just a generic put down. You might be right. Although if this guy's right, he was being very F wordy while walking around. Was I being too flamboyant? I'm like, well, (laughs) I'd kick your ass. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Knuckle Huggy Buck, this came through twice as well. So, dude, um, this goes for anybody who gets double billed. Because I, I've had we will send that money back. Shoot an email to the show. And I've had this happen with more frequency lately than in the past. I think there's something nefarious going on with Raja Muhan because the people I know who this is happening to, they're trying to send a chat and then they get a message back from YouTube and Raja Muhan that says, uh, oh, sorry, there's been an error, but don't worry, you haven't been charged. Lo and behold, they have, in fact, been charged. I've seen it happen a couple of times. Uh Uh-oh, is Blonde frozen? Did I lose her? Or is she just, like, locked in a barf face? All right, we're going to have to uh, see what happened on our connection there. I I thought the story was so good that she just became uh, lost in focus. But uh, but anyway, my point is that multiple billing has been happening with some frequency lately. So I can't refund you directly through YouTube, but if you get in touch with me, I can at least send you a refund through uh, electronic forms of payment. We can figure that out, so send me an email. Uh, let's get double me off the screen here and see if we can get Blonde back. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck says, uh, a grinder thing gone wrong is when two men meet and carry out the activities expected when two men meet on grinder. Yeah, I guess there is there a such thing as a grinder thing gone right would be what he's getting at. And I think that's a debatable point. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see. Where did I leave off? Sorry, I have to do a refresh here. Uh, Jonathan Prezio says, Grizzly Man is a really good movie about a nice bear named Bubbles. Bubbles arc is just the best. Well, hopefully I'll get the opportunity to see it. That seems like a movie I would enjoy um, regardless of whether it's picked for viewing this week or not. So maybe I'll find some time for it. Um, Occam's Razor says, Dollars Blonde, that's how he gets the women hypergamy at its best uh is this a reference to uh, who are we talking about here I'm, I'm i'm sure you had a reference here and i it's it's over my head because i'm two and a half hours in and my brain is fried uh oh i got let's see i got a text oh she lost power so she'll probably join back here momentarily but uh We'll read through some chats and we'll probably be close to the end of the stream at that point. Anyhow, we will uh, wait for her return, though. Buddy with an H says, been super busy and have missed the last few weeks, but I will not apologize. Well, thank you. Never apologize for supporting the show. Just glad I'm back. I did listen to the last call in show. And if Blonde needs a side hustle, a dating consultation stream would be uh, would be great. (laughs) Okay, six two. What's wrong with you? That was an interesting call. Um, Yeah, Blonde doing some kind of. um, relationship advice bit i think uh well maybe maybe people would find uh, use in that you know it, i say this as someone who has benefited from blonde's relationship advice personally 
And I think it was very useful for me to get serious about what my goals in life are and uh, with what purpose I'm pursuing my relationships. Uh, on the other hand, I also know that that she is a blonde, of course, is a woman of uh, unique or uncommon perspective. So even though I think that, uh, well, I just, I, I, I wonder, I don't know. She'll be back in a minute. I should just get her own take on this. Like I, to the degree that her perspective is, I think, an outlier in, in female perspectives, is that of benefit or are there potential downsides to that that we ought to consider? I don't know. What else? What else she's saying here? Nope. Out again. Tell everyone sorry and bye. Um, so we'll have to discuss that one at a later date. But uh, we can certainly consider it. Or, of course, you can call in on Wednesday. We can discuss it then. Let's see. Uh, Jerry Smith says, YouTube won't let me say the name of the movie, but it's literally the first result on DuckDuckGo. Uh, oh, you're probably talking about the documentary that she referenced. Yeah, I. she gave me the list and I searched uh, Europa, the last battle, whatever, the, the Nazi movie the hate movie that the ADL doesn't like. I searched it in good faith. I legitimately cannot find it. I don't know where it's viewable. And it's, it's, it's been scrubbed from the internet completely. As far as I can tell. Holden Mulray says, hi, truth seekers. Sure. We can talk. Uh, sure. We can walk and chew bubble. Try again. Sure. We can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time, but I heard from a reliable source somewhere that we're all out of bubblegum. Exactly. That was, uh, that's, that's the line from, uh, from they live. That was, uh, that was the obvious reference that I missed. Thank you for cleaning that up for me. Retro retrocalypse. I think is how I say this. That's not my concern was Pence's Howard Dean moment. Um, yeah, I think the only difference is Howard Dean was the front runner, you know? Well, it's not my concern. Like Howard Dean was presumed to be the Democrat, uh, nominee. Going into 2004, Mike Pence, um, Mike Pence has not, uh, well, he never really had a chance, but now he has less than no chance. Well, it's not my concern. Robin D. Banks says, last time Knuckle and I went at it like this, uh, it resulted in a 98-page fanfic about the show, and quite frankly, hit up Matt Becker, you'd love it. Nonstop thrills and comedy, uh, fi- uh, uh, comedy f- globalism. I'm not sure what this other word is in here, Robin. Um, looks like fight, but there's another eye in there. Anyway, uh, thank you for your support for the show and, uh, for your fanfic and everything. Uh, all of your contributions very much appreciated. Knuckle Huggy Buck says last time, Rob, this is going back and forth again. Last time Robin and I went at it like this, it was Banksy doing all the, it was Banksy doing all the, the gagging, not blonde lol. Sorry, blonde. Well, she's, she's presumably out gagging anyway, although, uh, I, I'm informed that the the power went off. You guys, man. Uh, one more from Robin. Knuckle Hunky Buck. Fact check false. It went like this. Me, what's the difference between me and... <sighs> careful. What's the difference between me and a mosquito? You, I don't know what. Me, I don't... Oh my God, dude. Okay. Uh, I might have to leave this one to the imagination. You know, mosquitoes... Um, mosquitoes are known for, for sucking blood. Mosquitoes are also slapped. You connect the dots and figure out what sort of puns are invited by, uh, such circumstances. I think we're all set. Thank you, Robin and, and knuckle hunky buck. Um, 
we're good on Rumble, at least as far as I can tell. Again, um, Rumble seems to be going a little haywire for me. So if I miss some of your chats on Rumble, my apology, uh, my apology. And we'll see if we can get that sorted out. And uh, if you'd like a refund for any missed chat, of course, get in touch with me. I can take care of that. We're good on Odyssey. We're good on DLive, which means uh, it is the end of the stream. So it's not my concern. I'm sorry, Mike Pence, but uh, it's time to go. Uh, Thank you guys for uh, your participation in the show this evening. Thank you for your support for the show. Thank you for your super chats, for your regular chats, for uh, all of your contributions. Very much appreciated. Thank you for just tuning in. If you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for tuning in. Uh, also, appreciate you very much. And if there's more, uh, if you need more material, if you can't get enough, you need more to listen to, head on over to the website, of course, mattchristiansandmedia.com slash podcast on the audio platforms. We have all sorts of extra material. We have Blondes interviews. We have replays of the call-in show. We have uh, other material you may not find on YouTube. So check that out linked in the description or on the podcast page of the website. Speaking of anything else show-related, mattchristiansandmedia.com is where you find it. Thanks to our guest, Matt Palumbo, as well. Check out his book linked in the description. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is The Matt and Blonde Show. Right now. Try and